Welcome everybody to episode 21, which is entitled 2021 FAQ, a retrospective. Uh, too lazy to name the episode, and it's not about Christmas. My name is Al, GoldenEye Unicorn, and I'm joined, thankfully, uh, once again by... Uh, Phil from Arash's Cairds. Thanks, Phil. You're extending that that pause um, every episode. I really appreciate it, mate. I think I'm just going to edit an even longer pause in this time. That's, <laughs> that's, like that's your call, five, mate. Five-minute pause. That's your call, mate. If you think the listeners will appreciate that, then, then you should do it. <laughs> Listen, listeners will just stop listening after you've said the title and the an issue, and then, yeah. then nobody will know what we've said. Like but, normal, anyway. But we're but we're not alone tonight. Um, it's the end of the year, and we brought along a friend. What friend have we brought? Who's there? That, that, that's uh, your, see if I can make a longer pause than you. Play your own games. <laughs> unfortunately, I could just edit that uh, so that uh, it's a you can make short mine pause. Like a, a, like a really short pause, and yours is yeah. a super long pause. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Jason, yeah, Ross, um, Ross Anderson, ninety eighty four. Also, you forgot your own fucking name, Jesus. Also, Christ. Well, I was going to say, like, also referred to as Hipster Potter. <laughs> that, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, we, were, we were supposed to be joined by uh, Huntley Loon slash GWI eighteen seventy four or whatever it is today as well, but. Uh, he's uh, hibernating because he uh, has had a pretty rough couple of uh, months by the sound of it in terms of not getting <laughs> sleep. Um, so, I mean, although he's dead to us now, uh, <laughs> he's uh, he's at least going to be refreshed next time we speak to him in person, I think, which is, well, a, which is the most important thing. So, listeners, what we're going to be doing uh, for this episode is we're going to cover off some of the the usual topics which myself and Phil uh, and Ross will throw in some commentary on on what we've been building, what we've been playing, what we're hoping to do next. And then the main section, we're really just going to do a bit of a retrospective look at how 2021, the year has gone in terms of Blood Bowl uh, and, and feeding back a bit from the, the episode that Gordon, Ross and Phil did um, would have been what this time last year. I think it was uh, it was either December or November last year. It was just after yeah. the 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 new box set launched. Whenever the fuck yeah. that was. So we're all going to yeah. share our um, you know where our greatest fears realised, what surprises have really come up in terms of Blood Bowl and the gameplay. Has there been any standout moments? Has there been anything that we thought you know, could have happened but didn't happen? And really, it's just going to be a, a ton of free flow conversational chat and there might there might be a nugget of gold in there uh, it's up to you listeners and rookie coaches if you can stomach two hours of uh, of the three of us talking but uh, as always I'm drinking Phil you're not drinking I, I'm drinking but not alcohol Ugh. I just need, I need to keep lub- I'm drinking I've been, I, I've been drinking since five o'clock I think Fantastic. <laughs> oh god, fucking hell, it's gonna be loose lips potter. <laughs> what have you well, what are you drinking? Much, it's gin and tonic. What are you drinking? Oh. Gin and tonic. Well gin and tonic now. What were you drinking yeah, at the start? Keeping it civilized. Um what, Why, what we what do you have before? Can I guess many Christmas spirits? Oh the 
Can I guess? Uh, was it yeah, was yeah. it pear and elderflower cider? <laughs> Cordial. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No. Um, no, it was the remains of a Bailey's type drink that isn't Bailey's. I can't remember. It's like a Mark Spencer's <laughs> version of a Bailey's. Bailey's type drink. Yeah. Yeah, like a creamy yeah. chocolate flavored drink. <laughs> I don't know. What it was. <laughs> Creamy hamstrings. Yeah, creamy, creamy drink. <laughs> oh, it's the wow. sort of thing that it, that Al, I'm sure you would have loved it. You would love that sort of thing. I'm pretty sure he would. I can yeah, see Al. Would, yeah. no. I can see Al no. uh, yeah, you would. sucking can... gingerly on a, a Bailey's or a or a creme de month. Yeah, like exactly. some sort of fucking. And then and then like... moving on to port. Yeah, y- yeah. yeah. You all drastically underestimate me. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's let's skip on because that all sounds just yeah, wrong, 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 wrong. What is the first section? Gaming. Have you played That's any so games? Right. Yes. Right. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how many games I've played. Have you played any games? I think for me, did I think last month I only got one uh, sort of introductory game of bolt action in against a guy called Leo, a relatively new player, and he just wanted uh, somebody to run him through some of the basic rules. I think he'd only played one other game before that. So I got the opportunity to take a relatively friendly army, and we got a game on uh, at Common Ground Games, and uh, we played out a, a pretty tough game, but it was the sort of game where I got to introduce him to a lot of the different rules of full action beyond the basic sort of this is how you move model, this is how you shoot with their guns, uh, this is how tanks move, this is how damage charts work. We managed to generate a lot of different scenarios throughout the game where the rules were interacting with the scenery, you know, so there's units were charging other units in buildings and ruins, uh, there was explosions, it was it was actually a really a really fun game and it was a draw in the end. And it was one of those. It was one of those games where you know you're teaching somebody, but you're not you're not throwing the game to uh, you know to lose on purpose. You know, every yeah. now and then I was doing something that was less less optimal to create a situation where you know Leo could learn some new some of the other rules that don't often come up. But you know that way when you play like a drunken master at a game. And then they're like, oh, God, oh, I just need a six to hit. All right, go roll your six. Fuck, you roll the six. Fuck. Blow it. Uh, so he actually had me on the ropes for most of the game just because whenever he needed these extremely unlikely dice rolls, he got them. Um, yeah. But that was a good, good result. And, you know, he's, he's got an interest in the game. And it was, you know, I enjoyed it because I got to play a game that wasn't, you know, practicing for a tournament or trying to tune or tweak a list or it was just you know get 12 German units out of the cabinet and then have them run around the table and have some fun so no it was good it was a good way to finish the finish the year yeah that sounds good yep. no, no Blood Bowl yet though no no Blood Bowl although I'm I saw uh, on the various Discord Scottish chats that they're doing a, a fumble Eurobowl practice group. Yeah, yeah. I think yep. um, uh, Scott um, Jack H uh, had set that up fairly recently. So yeah, there's a 
there's people practicing the, the Eurobowl rule set now, uh, which is yep. good. It's really well, good. I think that's that's something I'm going to dip in and out of. I'm, I'm going to try and get maybe one or two games a month uh, through that avenue. Um, you know, to so bring me up to speed on sort of the actual gameplay of the the new rule set uh, and help out the guys that are all going to to Malta next year. So. You know, I'll either act as a weapon boy for them, or I might actually provide them some sort of alternate challenge. So you never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's <funny>. Yeah, I, I think it's a good it's a good opportunity for you to get some twenty twenty games because I know you've uh, obviously I don't think uh, the local gaming club for your your guys are back up and running on the Blood Bowl front. Yet, no, not yet, not yet. Sadly. So yeah, I mean, even just uh, like you said, a couple of games a month on fumble and BB twenty twenty is probably a, yep. a good starting point, anyway. So that, that's good, good stuff. Yep. Um, so yeah, on my side, game wise, yeah. Um, I think I've only had one league game since last time we spoke. So I think uh, uh, I was coming towards the end of the event. For the league, um, and uh, my last game was against JC, and I beat him two nil. Mm-hmm. Um, so that means um, this season I've ended up going six six wins out of six uh, with undead, and I have got twelve touchdowns for none against, and oh, twelve cat. 17 cash for and four against. So that's unreal. Yeah, I mean, the way we play, we play on win percentage. And unfortunately, I've, I say unfortunately, it's a kind of meant I've ended up winning the league because uh, I'm the only person that's on a 100% win rate. Gotcha. Uh, so, and, and I'm not playing in this, this event because we had a couple of new players um, and returning players, uh, which made it a little bit imbalanced so one of us had to sit out so I ended up uh, as commissioner I ended up having to sit out um, so yeah um, I think the only game I'm going to be having this this month for uh, Blood Bowl would well I think I've got a Blood Bowl 2020 uh, practice game for uh, Eurobowl rules in real life with uh, Stephen Brands on uh, Wednesday um, this week Mm-hmm. Uh, which will be no sense to anybody else because we're not working in calendar weeks in this podcast, obviously. But um, yeah, um, assuming he's he he wasn't well, uh, ended up having a COVID test and uh, not being COVID. But uh, yeah, assuming he's feeling better, uh, we'll be we'll be rolling some dice, and you'll get a chance to practice Skaven um, in person. And then Ross and myself and. Amroth, Brian, um, had a game of Stargrave. On oh, yes, yeah. we did. And uh, <laughs> like, it involved it involved a lot of rules checking because none of us had played it before, and mm. I think all of us had kind of had a look at the rule book, but <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe maybe not in a, a good enough detail to just kind of ramble. Well, not all the way through. Like, yeah. Fun. 
so that that became pretty evident early on when we were when we started that and there was a lot of referring to rules and stuff but once we got into the swing of things it started to speed up a little bit needless to say um we only got a couple of turns out uh, because there was three of us playing and stuff and like mm. I said rules checks but it was really fun there was a lot of shenanigans in it uh, some classic uh dice roll action i I rolled first roll was a one, wasn't it? My first, my first roll was a one. Yeah. And for anything. Then, yeah. yeah. And then my next, my second roll after, uh, my third roll was a one as well. Um, and I think I rolled another two ones in that turn, in the first turn, after all the mm. activations and stuff. And uh, you should probably remind the listeners that that's on a d twenty. Yeah, that's on yeah. a d twenty. And I hadn't rolled the dice 20 times, uh, to be honest, in that period of time either. So I would expect to maybe have got one in 20, uh, uh, but four uh, four in less than 20 uh, was quite an unlucky start to the game. Um, but there was some great, great moments in it. I won't, I won't steal Ross's thunder, because uh, he'll no mention it when we ask him what he's been doing. Uh, but, uh, like... Uh, I think the best bit for me, I, I ended up, because because we fucked around for so long, none of us ended up getting any of the data or the loot. Um, well, because none of us, none of us had read the, read the rules about yeah. what you should be taking to try yeah. and get the loot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there was, Nobody uh, had a team that was equipped for it anyway. <laughs> or, or had guys in the right places. That was, yeah. that was my, my problem, I think, was uh, my guys had all wandered off down the side, mm. uh, which, which was uh, the wrong side, which was funny. Uh, but then, like I, I ended up winning on uh, the fact that I'd killed four things, so the mm-hmm. the bonus points ended up kind of winning me the thing. But it was it was a good laugh. I I, I had a had a good time with it. It was fun. I yeah, would recommend great. it. I would recommend it to anybody because once you get your head around the combat mm-hmm. and how the modifiers work, it's actually quite a slick rule set. I think it's. Uh, it's well thought out. With well, that was my that was my initial about. initial thoughts when I read the book. You know, we we had a brief chat about this a couple of months ago when we were both getting the books at roughly the same time, and and it read as though it could flow um, quite smoothly. So I'm glad that's actually turned out to be the case. Yeah, yeah. I think if we'd had another turn, it would have we would have rattled through that because we'd sort of got to grips with the the modifiers and and um what we were trying to achieve at that point yeah and um, you know we burnt probably the first hour and a half sort of just figuring out how to shoot you know <laughs> yeah going going backwards and forwards of the rule book checking out what uh certain things work is like mm. uh we'd taken flamethrowers and grenade launchers and stuff like that and obviously they've got things like templates rather than uh than line of sight or what have you. So yeah, it was it was interesting. There was, uh, um, I'd say for fo- for folk who are sometimes put off a little bit by the uh, the depth of things like uh, Necromunda and stuff like that, it would be a good alternative to that. Yeah, uh, but also as a a slightly quicker, less intense uh, version of kill team as well. I think. Mm. Yeah, I mean, when I was thinking back on it, I was like, actually, a, a big selling point, I suppose, for me, was the fact that 
the rule book was like whatever it was 16 quid to buy a hard copy yes. of it or like a tenner online and then you can use whatever miniatures you want and then when we turned up brian had basically made a table of terrain out of takeaway tubs um <laughs> yes it's in pieces yeah. of like foam that he'd ripped out of an old ikea chair he was saying and some other bits and pieces that he'd gathered uh paint pots and other things i mean it looked really cool like he'd made it put a lot of effort into it but actually in terms of like a cost to get into that game oh and we we all realized none of us had d20 so we had to spend a couple of quid on those you know yes you know you, you sort of 20 quid 25 quid and you've got enough to play a game which was pretty absolutely huge. you know if yeah, you compare think- it to having come from like a games workshop <laughs> uh type of gaming where uh, it's certainly that isn't the case i uh, absolutely i think if you've got minis already you're 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 pretty much nailed on if you if you've got that i mean like you said all of us thought oh we've probably got a d20 kicking about uh, and then found out that we didn't so <laughs> you've got to make sure you got the right dice uh but yeah i think um i think the the nice thing about what brian had done was it was almost like uh harkening back to uh the 90s uh and late 80s where it was just full-on blue peter Tracy Island uh, <laughs> sort, of, sort of stuff, which yeah, I, great, you know? I, I saw the pictures you guys posted, and I loved it. Well, it, was just, it was epic, I'll, yeah. I'll, the first thing I said when I got there was like, I've been um, had uh, Star Trek on in the background when I've been working, just as something on on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, I'm getting serious like Star Trek vibes in terms of landing on an alien planet that has these <laughs> these rocks that look clearly like they've been cut out of polystyrene and painted <laughs> yeah. with, with uh, poster paints. But it, yeah, it works really well. Yeah, and you just like cotton wool everywhere for smoke oh, and all that sort the, of stuff. Yeah, the cotton wool was the selling point for me that looked like you know smoke coming out of the smokestacks or exhaust vents so and stuff. It he'd, looked he'd gone really a huge good. amount of effort because he'd also like there was various items of terrain which were basically spray can lids that he'd sprayed bright orange. They were all explosive pieces of terrain, and then he'd made another bit that um was like a i don't know what it was like an air filtering intake yeah yeah and and so he'd said okay if you go within three inches of that you've got to roll the dice and if you fail the dice roll you'll get sucked into this thing and all that sort of stuff like so yeah it added a lot to the sort of uh, atmosphere of it yeah it was uh it was a good thing i mean we played a kind of a homebrew scenario so not one out of the book I think in in retrospect we probably would have been better playing a scenario out of the book uh, for learning yes. it, but but in terms of the fact that we we're all kind of reasonably seasoned gamers and stuff like that, it was the narrative kind of element of the game and the fact that he'd gone to the bother of coming out with a a proper kind of narrative sheet as to what was happening uh, and little rules here and there uh, that were great. Oh, no, I I really enjoyed it. It was a good laugh. Good. Um, other awesome. than that, that, that's about it. How about yourself, Potter? Aside from that, what what, what are your highlights from that game? Um, what, since our last it? podcast? Or, no, oh, right, from that game. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, what have I played since the last podcast? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, yeah, the highlights from that game. Um, I think just actually com- learning a completely new game um, that, that, you know, although, like we're saying, we didn't get through a whole game, we picked it up pretty quick. And I came away thinking, oh, yeah, this is how I would change um, my, my uh, crew 
makeup and um and and also like you're saying you know the fact that brian has sort of gone to all this effort to make it like a unique event almost i was like oh what could i do um to sort of replicate or do my own spin on it which was great and i think i found that with like games workshop stuff maybe you're like i'm less willing or or sort of feel empowered to do that but because it's got that sort of like a bit more diy vibe to it you feel totally free to do that so yeah i felt really enthusiastic uh when yeah. i came away from that thinking oh yeah yeah, yeah we could do this could do that and, and I think you're try right out with something different setting as well you know because like yeah. when you say you're kind of you kind of feel a bit hemmed in although you aren't to some extent with uh, uh warhammer stuff yeah uh, but you are hemmed in by the there's already a narrative built there mm-hmm. whereas things like stargrave they leave that completely up to you you know like yeah uh, it is what you want it to be, mm-hmm. um, which is it gives you a bit more leeway. And, it's, kind of and although it is like balanced, it's balanced in like you've got this four hundred points to spend. It's nowhere near like trying to be like a competitive gaming system, like you know, forty k or something like that, where there's these constant revisions and trying to make it more and more balanced. It's like you know, everyone has everything available to them theoretically it's just you know yeah. your models might look differently but you could theoretically make exactly the same crew um, and and ha- and call them something different which you know some people wouldn't like but i i quite enjoyed that yeah i like the that fact balance. as well um that um i mean if you've been playing games for a long period of time um and you've got stuff like i don't know if I, like squats kicking around from uh, 40k yeah. And you're not using them in 40k unless you're rolling old school sort of rogue trader or something uh, not long after that. Uh, you could easily crack them out and make a crew and just use them. Yeah, you know, or if, and, you've, if you're like Al and you've got all this uh, fancy 3D printer and stuff that uh, in a you haven't set it up yet, you could print <laughs> no, out. You could be like, oh, I'm going to print out a cool new captain or whatever. And I think, yeah, I mean... Uh, yeah, I came away from that game feeling like, yeah, this is probably not maybe the complete future of wargaming, but I think it's going to become more and more prominent, this idea that um, people will just publish rules, make them as available as possible, and then everything beyond that is entirely up to you. You know, this miniature agnostic, I think, is the phrase. Yeah. The idea that you go and get your own 3D printed models and you make your own games out of it, which is great it means that your rules have to be really sort of solid and work and and as and as sort of accessible as possible but beyond that the game is you know as detailed or not as you want to make it so yeah i really like that yeah i suppose in terms of that game highlight was obviously blowing up a (laughs) um fuel tank thing next to three of your guys um yes disappointing that it didn't kill all three but yeah, that's obviously a highlight for me. It didn't. It didn't kill any of them. It, um, no, it stunned one of them. Hurt, hurt one have. of them and stunned him. Yeah, but it, yeah, any other mm-hmm. time, you know, that could have gone off and just uh, mm-hmm. obliterated three of my uh, my crew. Yeah, but, uh, but I, I suppose, and then and the highlight in terms of learning was the fact that I put everyone onto this piece of loot and then realised, oh, you've got to roll a fourteen <laughs> to yeah. do this. So None of these guys have guy, got a deck or picture or anything. Yeah. On there and I'm like, these guys don't have any skills that make it any easier to do this. Could I roll a 14? 
no chance. So I've like got half my team just standing around this box, unable to open the thing. Which is quite dramatic because they were all orcs as well. Yeah, orcs, yeah, (laughs) without any clue. I suppose that was the other thing I took from that, you know, like the the gaming. And I suppose it was the same as when we knew we were coming back to tabletop Blood Bowl as well. I felt a real push. And I think you had, well, I've seen that on your your Pinterest and stuff, not Pinterest, Instagram, where (laughs) you felt, Pinterest, yeah, no, no, it's only fans. I get a good Pinterest. <laughs> yeah, great Christ, Al, Al's the one that needs the only fans. Only fans. Um, <laughs> this idea that because you've got a game coming up, um, you're sort of incentivized to, yeah, I've really got to get this painted, you know, or I've got to get this finished, or, or whatever it was. And for me, it was to get that orc kill team painted up and um, to a standard that I was happy to use them in a game. Because I like playing the painted miniatures, um, and uh, yeah, it was the same with the Blood Bowl. Getting my Amazon team sort of finished and painted up before we went to tabletop, which you don't get when you're playing online, obviously. Yeah. Yep. yeah. So yeah, I really enjoyed that side of things. Uh, getting back to sort of real life gaming. So in saying that, Ross, did you play any other games other than that game of um, Stargrave in the past? Sort of well, recently, weeks? I've obviously I've just been playing in the league. Um, yep. Uh, the local league, which um, has been great, um, there's it's just you know I I was the same as you all like it's sort of gone to I'd never really been huge on playing online Blood Bowl before uh, COVID and all that sort of stuff, and mm-hmm. um, so getting back to actually gaming in person was brilliant. Just sitting down and actually having a beer and playing a game with a real be- human being. Um, was amazing. So yeah, I mean, I'm not going to recount through every single game, but I had a really good streak um, through, and a bad one, and then I had a really bad streak. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't played Phil at all yet, have I? I don't think I've well, played no, Phil. Uh, have we? I can't remember. No, I don't I think, think we have played. I, I think uh, I think we've we've side uh, sidestepped each other um, so yeah, far. Most most games, yeah. So. Um, um, yeah, because I don't think I've played Gordon either. I've just been playing um, everyone else. Yeah, you so. played. You've played Halflings. You played Black Orcs. You played, uh, yeah, played Chaos Chosen. You played Black Orcs again, but a different uh, coach. Um, and yeah, you've played a. Yeah. You've played, and you played Chaos Chosen again. Yeah. It's uh, good so though because yeah, it's, uh, it shows you like the size of the league that we've got now that you get a real variety um, in players and teams that you're playing against that you know we're not playing against each other even on a monthly basis. Um, there's plenty of people in Aberdeen to get a game in. Well, with all that gaming um, being done, we should probably just cross check and uh, see. What happened in terms of our expenditure this month, Phil? Oh, oh God! Dun, uh, dun, dun. Can I guess too? Am I allowed to guess? Is that- yeah, yeah, you, yeah you're not? involved in this shit. We're going to be asking you how much you spent as well. We'll be guessing how much. Well, I, haven't the, worked out. I haven't worked out how much. How much you've withdrawn from Gringotts Bank? Uh, yep. To uh, how many gallons? You've, how many gallons you've spent on stripper on bar, fucking bar beer? What just how much I've spent? <laughs> how much I've spent just generally? <laughs> okay. Snorting, snorting coke off hooker elves, assholes. Yep. 
<laughs> tickling troll bums, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah. How many get ones? Te- get teabagged by uh, halflings. <laughs> well, yeah. why don't Phil? Why don't while Hipster Potter is trying to work out? Oh, am I supposed to what, sit down and work? What, so, what the yeah. fuck's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Phil, you can have a crack at my expenditure today, please. Okay. As as always, we should remind the listeners and the rookie coaches that myself and Phil never disclose exactly how much we're spending. We just send each other hints to say that, oops, spent money here. Oops, dropped some cash here. Oh my God, did you see that release? And then we're supposed to infer from that how much we've yeah, spent. We've, we've dropped wedge. Um, yeah. Okay, so I reckon you have spent uh, 135 quid. Ooh. <laughs> Almost choked that... on my wine. You're really close. <laughs> okay. Actually, let me uh, check the figure. Let me just check the figure. You're really close. Just a little bit, a, a bit higher, and you'll you'll nail it. Hundred and thirty-seven pounds. Well, I, I haven't of... guessed yet. I haven't guessed yet. Uh, oh, you, yeah. what, what you can you can get the final guess. Hundred and forty pounds and seventy-five p. Hundred and forty-eight. All right, okay. Give or take a few coins. So I am um, back to Kickstarter. So if, if the listeners from previous episodes, you know, I won a, I won a voucher for Scale 75. Uh, so that sort of made me aware of them a bit more. And they had a Kickstarter for a miniature painting encyclopedia type thing, uh, which was like 80, 80 pounds or 80 euros or, you know, fantasy money. So mm-hmm. I backed that, uh, and that's that's successfully concluded. So that money's left the left the building. But I thought you hated Kickstarters. I do hate Kickstarters. I really hate them yeah. because they they don't deliver. But what I've accepted, <laughs> what what I've accepted <laughs> is that Kickstarters that are delivering a print product or three D files deliver. If it's miniatures or some other board game spaff then you're waiting years. Whereas books, printed product, and files, yep, they deliver. Um, That's no famous book. last words right there. I fuck that, I know. Definitely. I'll pick that up on the 2022 Christmas review. <laughs> <laughs> still, still waiting on my minute <laughs> video. I think you're prob- um, you'll probably be okay. Uh, you'll probably be okay on that one. Uh, scale 75 are usually pretty good, but I know there's like a... Like it's interesting you're saying books. I know there's like an obviously a, a kind of odd kind of print issue uh, at the moment because a lot of printing's done in China, um, and there's uh, some problems with paper shortages and all sorts of stuff like that. Because a couple of the the book related kickstarters that I've uh, backed uh, earlier in the year. Are are, uh, are running on heavy delays because of that one that was Ooh. supposed to fulfil in I think it was November back end of November has been pushed back till after Chinese New Year now because uh, the print mm-hmm. company uh, that they were using it just said like it's not going to get printed before Chinese New Year now yep. so yeah. well just just to finish off the expenditure thing so there was the Kickstarter. Uh, 
my biggest issue or some of my biggest problem in the world is Facebook um, trade groups. Fuck me. Uh, so at this point, I was um, I was still unsure what my next brand new bolt action army was going to be. So I've been keeping an eye out for a few specific products that might crop up. Uh, and one of them was there's a box set done by Warlord Games called the Buffalo Soldiers. And Buffalo Soldiers for the boring historical stuff. It was the um, in the Italian campaign, the Americans had they, they still segregated their troops in World War Two, so all their um, coloured African American, black, however you want to put it, and um, politically and correctly, uh, they were in their own sort of regiments, battalions, etc. And they got the nickname Buffalo Soldiers. Uh, so there's a specific box set that is been out for quite a while, but I think it's running out of print or something. Somebody told me something about it. Um, I picked one up as a prize a couple months ago, and one came up for sale. So I thought it's a bit of a unique army. I might sort of keep a stock uh, stash of them. So that was like another 20-odd quid that disappeared. Then thought everything was going fine. Thought there'd be no other expenditure going on. And then all these sort of independent retailers or uh, printing studios that I follow started smashing out all these promotions and it was basically like spend you know 20 pounds or 30 pounds or 40 pounds and we'll enter you into a prize draw for this big amazing prize it's just like oh fuck me fuck off so I managed to put them on the back burner and just ignore them which is really quite hard to do um, and then I was tagged in a post there was a shop, a retail store somewhere in England. Fuck those. Uh, they were doing 50% off of brand new box sets of A Song of Ice and Fire. Um, and <laughs> it was ridiculous. As, as if you haven't got enough of it. I, I, yeah. I thought I had enough, but the, the, their basic <laughs> sale premise was they took a photograph of their wall, their shelves full of stock. And you had to zoom in, and zoom in, and just have a look. It's like, oh Jesus! So I didn't really know what I was looking at. So my sort of mentor, sensei, guide um, to this game, I sent him a picture and a list, and like, look, take a look. What neutral units? You know exactly what I've got. What neutral units? You know that can work for any army. In this picture, should I get? And he was really quick to respond, and he just said, "Look, yep, you're right. I know what you've got." In descending order, buy them in this and spend as much as you want. <laughs> it's like, oh, fucking <laughs> hell. And then he told me some tactical okay. things about the different units. So instead of sending that to someone and saying, is there anything that I should buy here? You sent him an image and said, I am going to buy something. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Regardless. So <laughs> yep. just so, make sure whatever I buy is useful. <laughs> yep. So I was really strong and I only bought two box sets. And oh, oh, <laughs> yeah, um, and so for those listening that are are playing a song of ice and fire, or you know, interested in it, it was Neutral Heroes Two, and a box of Bolton Black Guards. Oh yeah, they're supposed to be good. Yeah, see, that's what he fucking told me. Hmm. And Neutral Heroes Two has got um, Brienne, Braun, uh, a couple other cunts that must be fucking amazing. So. Um, good box sets. So that was it. 
and then I, that's not so bad. I thought you were meaning like when you said box sets, you were like meaning starter sets. Oh no, I, I've already got starter sets. I don't don't, mm. don't need that much more. But they were on fifty percent off as well, so it was mm. whew, freaky stuff. Um, but then to finish off the expenditure, the Bolt Action World Team Championships finally released their players pack for next year. So it gave me a stronger guide as to what army I needed to do. And after a quick discussion with the other um, members of the team uh, that worked out that I'll be taking the Soviets. And I already had a, a Soviet list written up for the event, but I couldn't get I just had to switch out one unit, um, which meant I had to order another uh, universal carrier or brain carrier. So that was 11 quid. And then it's like, well, fuck, I just went to my, my go-to retailer who had these, you know, spend £20 and we'll put you in this prize draw for this amazing £400 box set. And so then I just spent more money and I got stupid stuff. I got super glue, barbed wire. I got the brain carrier that I wanted. Um, there was some really odd video that came out from a tournament organiser who was talking about dice rolling etiquette. And he's suggesting that everybody rolls their dice into a little... Um, a little dice tray. Don't know if you've mm -hmm. ever come across them before. I'm sure yeah, I've got them. one of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I was like, well, fuck, he's got one of those for sale, so I might as well just buy one of them. And so blah, 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 before you knew it. Yep, I easily got my 20 quid's worth them. Both. That was my expenditure. <sighs> I hate spending money. It's so easy to do. It is. It really is. Gotten. But well done, uh, you, you did get there quite accurately. Which brings Back us to prizes in the post. Which brings us to Phil. Oh, yeah. what have you done? Potter, Potter you can guess first. Uh, as well, okay. Uh, I am going to guess that you have spent £272. <laughs> well, everybody's just going to go super high now because uh, they assume that I'll have spent a lot of money on, on shit um, no um, it is less than that Al, yeah. uh, next up is it less by a little or less by a lot? oh, I couldn't possibly say Ooh, um, it's not going to be a lot it's going to be over 200 easily yeah, yeah, I reckon you're at £239 nope Two hundred and twenty quid. <laughs> no. Higher or lower? Come on. Well, lower, lower, lower. Uh, I mean, you, you've still got a guess. You've still got a guess. One hundred and ninety-two. Lower. Yeah. Oh, no way. way. No fucking way. You, you bought I've the actually, Yeah, I, I know, but I, I, I've actually you and I f finished within three pounds of each other. <gasps> Uh, I, have to, I have to mute this because I'm going to eat something in disbelief. You're going to eat something in disbelief. Chomp, 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 so chomp, chomp, chomp. Ball scratch, ball scratch. I'm still eating it. So what is it? What is it? What you spend, A cock. I mean, I mean, uh, toffee fee. All right. Okay. Um, so, like, I, the the bulk of my money was spent. Uh, so I spent a hundred and fifty one pounds and seventy five pence. Um, the bulk of my purchase was uh, uh, Dungeon Bowl, um, the Dungeon Bowl box set. Um, so I picked that up. Um, 
I also got at the same time the Stormcast Eternals battle tome for um for Age of Sigmar. And then the rest of it was kind of like you, everybody knows I've I, I keep an eye on eBay and stuff like that. The rest of it was kind of little eBay purchases, really. Um I got what did I get? Um a couple of the uh uh a couple of older Chaos Warriors um from like the eighties. Uh some Stormcast stuff um for um my Stormcast army. And the other one was a direct purchase from GW. I picked that up. I picked up the um, Holga Clovenhorn, the special edition Chaos Warrior uh, that they did in a short run, uh, middle of the month. I think it was no back end of November. But that, that's it. One hundred and fifty-one. Hmm. Uh, so, so not not bad. I'm disappointed in you, Phil. Did you not buy that new um, Nurgle dude that went up for pre-order yesterday, or does that not count if you're you've not got it in your hand yet? I haven't got it, so I don't think it counts. I mean, well, you've no, bought it, you've bought it, it, haven't you? <laughs> no, no, it counts if money's left the bank. Oh, bollocks. Uh, okay, yeah, well, I I, if that's it. the case, if that's the case, if we're if we're doing that, then. Um, 180 then because I bought the uh, fuck what's it called the the, uh, the sorcerer and um, the Nurgle battle to him as well so that that was it if we're adding that in 181 or whatever it was Potter have you managed to work out what you've what you've spent on your wizarding stuff and we'll we'll guess (laughs) yeah I mean my number could be in, this is includes a Christmas present to myself. So okay, um, so I I, I know pro- your Christmas present to yourself. I think okay. So if you include that, then yeah, I've got a figure I, here in front of me. I think you have spent a hundred and fifty-seven quid. Very close. Yeah. I'm eating. Do- I'm eating twelve fee again. Oh, or I'll. 142. Mm, bit higher than that. Halfway. 151. Lower. 146. 147 and 80p. What did you buy? Come on. Fill us in. Well, Dungeon Bowl. Yeah. Bought that. That's my Christmas present. Are uh, you getting your wife to wrap it for you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not that. I'm so sad that I wrapped my own presents to unwrap them later as well. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, get a wizard. Uh, yeah. And uh, picked up the Book of Outcast for Necromunda. Okay. Uh, Spike 13. I picked up that, um, I don't know what they're called, like the Underhive market stalls to go yeah, with yeah. his own Martalis. Oh, they, so look that, really, they look really cool. Yeah, well, I've got the sort of tiles and um, the sort of terrain painted up for everything else, so I thought that would be quite good. And then when yeah. I was playing Stargrave, I was like, oh, yeah, this would be amazing, like Raider Market. And then it would same be really as, good for that, yeah. Yeah, it would be awesome because you can have sort of like a justifiable reason to have random characters standing around that then get involved in the game. 
Yeah. Uh, and then the rest is um, buying off at eBay. I'm trying to get all of the, I think their fourth edition, uh, Forest Goblin Spider Riders. You know, the metal um, oh, Spider Riders. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. What? I just yeah. decided the I need some all kind of look, that look really small uh, and kind of pointed. Are they? I can't remember. No, there's the plastic ones that are like they look like they're really squat, sat down on top of the spiders. Yeah. And then there's the, these are the sort of precursor to them, which is like a sort of chunky metal spider, and then um, like a proper little nineteen. I don't know what it would be nineties. Uh, goblin sat on top of it so yeah they're pretty smart so that's cool. it yeah picking them up for a few pounds each time um, and then yeah that's like a i think that'd be my holiday project if i can get them all sorted something nice and fun to paint up that i don't actually need for a game just to have yeah, something retro to paint some enjoyment because that's yeah. something that's something i've enjoyed i know he's not on the podcast with us tonight but gordon has oh, yeah. been going full retro with, you know, epic squats and, yeah, you know, yeah. pulling out the pictures of his um, school fantasy army stuff, you know, high elves and dwarves. And I'm really envious that, um, you know, that he's got the models, but obviously he's finding the time and getting the enjoyment from it. Yeah, I can't, little... co- I can't comprehend how he is finding the time. <laughs> I have no, no. idea. I've, it's literally I've... building a house at the same time. But... <laughs> yeah, he's he's married yeah. two kids and building a house for himself and also doing Working. construction work for employment and money. And then also, you know, if you ordered these... Just see... paint these really amazing models. Yeah, yeah, you see on Instagram, he's just like fucking splash, bashing out you know, bases of squats and they're really well detailed for I mean, six millimeter models. And you're like, fuck, I I've struggled to get a lot of stuff done. Um and I'm doing, you know, a tenth of what yeah. he's doing. It's just bizarre. I swear to God that prick had better not be paid those motherfucking squats while uh, instead of uh, talking to us on this podcast. Pinch his scroat sack on uh, Wednesday when I see him. But it's it's that you know, when you look at other people's hobby and you're not in, ah, it's bizarre to say envious, but, you know, I know I would love to be doing projects just for the fun of it at the moment, whereas if it's not a commission, it's, uh, you know, a project for the, the next tournament or next event or, you know, for a thing. And I look around, I've got so many other little projects, like all the busts I've been picking up. Um... You know, stuff that you just think, oh, we could just paint for fun for a little while. Yeah. But well, yeah, I think it's very easy to fall into the trap of sort of painting and feeling like you're painting to, to for more than just fun. You know, like you're saying, like yep. if you are painting for commissions or and and now obviously with social media, you're painting for like internet likes or whatever. And actually, just to sit down and paint because that's your hobby and that's what you want to do to relax. Yeah, um, yeah I, I suppose it's not so much doing it for the internet likes, but it's it's driven by, you know, event coming up must have. Well, I'm not, yeah, I'm not saying you doing it. I'm saying like just you can fall into right. that trap. Yeah, yeah. it wasn't a personal no, no. jive. No, no, not at all. I think mm-hmm. it, I think it was. No, was it you, Phil? <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. It. <laughs> uh, man, no, uh, man that that kind of uh, that kind of leads us quite nicely into what we've actually been painting uh, in the past. Uh, I guess uh, it does, yeah. Month. 
So, uh, Potter, you could go first. See, as you're a, a, a guest on the on the podcast. Oh, um, thank you. What have you uh, been well, painting in, in, in the last wise, month? Yeah, in the last month. Well, really, the, those orcs um, for the from the the new kill or the not the newest, but the previous kill team set. The I'd painted up the death core um, and had the orcs sort of started and then had really lost a bit of momentum on them. But obviously having this game of Stargrave, I was like, yeah, I'm going to finish these. So yeah, that's really um, where my focus has been. And, and that's it. That's all I've been painting. What about you, Al? What have you been painting? Um, well, sort of the sort of last month I was just indicating that I was trying to finish off the tail ends of projects, and that's pretty much exactly what I've been doing. So I mentioned a couple of German infantry unit uh, infantry models. I've got them painted there in the cabinet. Um, what was really funny though was I feel like it took me just as long to paint two miniatures that it did to paint like ten to the same standard beforehand. Um, just because I didn't have the, I know we just laughed about it, but the pressure of a deadline for an event. Um, so just casually painting these two models, like, yeah, done. Uh, for my other Confederate bolt action army, I've got another 10 riflemen all painted. I just need to finish the bases off uh, to get them going. I've um, undercoated and got the um, first couple of highlights on the orc team commission. And I've just got undercoat and base colours on about six armoured vehicles, uh, again for my Confederate Army. So it's still just this process of of tidying up loose ends, which is, it is it's been enjoyable, but it's more sort of, it's just like a chore. I just want to clear the decks before um, I pull out all the uh, the new Soviet stuff for this new um, Soviet Volt Action Army that I'm going to be producing which should be something quite special if, if I can get what's in my head onto the bases and onto the miniatures. Um, you know, because it's... I'll make the call now. I'm aiming to get best painted at the World Team Championships in 2022. That's the goal. Yeah. Uh, and that's to, to back up. Because we've, we've missed two years now due to COVID. Um, and hopefully it should run next year in May. We're all flying to Cork in Ireland to play. Uh, and I, I won the award in Poland the last time we played. And it'd be good to defend the title with a new army um, and see if I can get the, get, the, get the awards that they've got going for that. And that army also, uh, the Soviets, I'll also use them for the sort of the bulk of next year as well and hopefully that'll um, they'll claim me a few awards as well so that's the goal for them I'm happy to lay that mantle down in front of me um, to our podcast listeners awesome. but that's, that's what I've been working on okay um, well yourself what's what's uh, what's happening so I'm, I'm kind of pretty much like Ross uh, when Brian asked us if we wanted to play a game of Stargrave. I was like, oh, I don't have anything painted, so I better paint something. Uh, so I so I thought I'd kill two birds with one stone with that and start painting up my uh, um, Chaos Cult Necromunda gang uh, just to use as a crew. 
kind of set myself a target of getting like the captain, the first mate, and the four specialists at least painted uh, for the game, and then hoping that I might get the other four crew members done um, by then. But I managed to get the six painted. I think they've come out all right. Um, yeah, they look great. And uh, there's still there's still bits I'll go back to. Uh, I think um, on them uh, just just to kind of. Uh, Kind of add a couple of effects and things like that. There's a, I want to do some hazard stripes um, with chipping medium on uh, the bases, and um, probably I need to do something similar with the captain's chain sword as well. But uh, yeah, I was quite happy with them with the way they they turned out. Uh, so I painted them. Uh, what else have I done? Um, I painted. Um, I started finishing off the plague bearers that I mentioned the last time. I've got ten of those to finish. Um, yep. So I've just got final highlights to do on two of those, and then it's the blood effect and the bases, and then that they'll be done. I'll finish that up them up in the next couple of days. Um, and then it's just kind of I've got a couple of decisions to make as to what I want to paint next, whether I finish the four for the gang um, for Necromunda or whether um, I quite fancy painting a Blood Bowl team for myself. I haven't painted one for myself for a long time, um, so I, m- I might do that. Um, that probably sounds like the better thing, something for yourself that you're going to get a good amount of use from. Yeah, I could do with something for next... Uh, um for next year's uh, for next season uh for um what uh, do you think you would paint up i don't know i'm considering skaven actually i haven't really kind of given them much of a go uh now, now they've got a new rat ogre coming out <laughs> well i the thing is i quite like yes the new rat ogre looks good and i will buy it uh but i don't dislike the old one um I'd already kind of planned to sculpt some fur onto it because uh, it, it's a bit like a big naked mole rat that looks like it's dancing. <laughs> um, but so I I I, I was going to do like I did with the uh, pestigors, uh, just sculpt some fur onto it in appropriate mm. places and make it look more ratty, um, and hope that that kind of works. Um, but yeah, I'll probably buy. Um, by the new one as well. Um, I like. I would quite happily use the the new one for an underworld team. Yeah. Um, and then the other one for uh, for the Skaven team. So I've got two separate ones. So, I yeah, take it you would. I take it you would use Games Workshop Skaven miniatures for all of this. I know you're talking about yeah, the GW Rat Ogre, but yeah, I've got them all. I bought them all. Uh, like back when the team was released, so I've got the Forge World booster pack as well. Oh, good. Uh, so it's all just sitting there. Uh, I've assembled some of them already because I kind of I toyed with the idea of Underworld, but then I thought, you know, it's just uh, um, meta edge lording it up. Uh, um, I quite fancy playing Skaven just for something different. So yeah, I might give them a bash. Um, and I've already painted. Glart smash rip already, so uh, and I've got Hackflem skull spike sitting there as well. Um, so would you be, yeah. would you be happy just repeating that color scheme though? For Glart, that yes, yeah, yeah I, I would give, I would paint them the same. I think 
paint the um, the Skaven team the same. Okay, um, that, that would make sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind. I wouldn't. I, if, although I wouldn't be adverse to having star players have their own individual color schemes. To be honest. So I'll make a decision on that. Uh, they don't, I don't think because like Glart will play for any team uh, that that I normally play, apart from the undead and lizards. Um, I think I would be happy enough just having him as he is as well, and just going with a different color scheme or a similar one. So yeah, so I'll see what I, see see what I get to. Um, but yeah, well, it sounds like sounds like we've all achieved in small ways, you know. Some for fun, some for just the the chore of it. But you know, it's a good way to finish off the finish off the year as we move into the festive season. I would imagine everybody's time has been eaten up by families. Fuck, they're so annoying. Families, <laughs> the stuff they want you to do, like spend time with them. Oh, just revolting. Yeah, honestly, yeah. I wish they could just go and you know, you know, when you get asked, what do you want for Christmas? To be and left alone. Yeah, and yeah, it's like, <laughs> can I have 24 hours by myself, please? And the my, look of resentment, my, it's like, well, yes. Yeah, my kids are currently uh, fake COVIDing it up. Uh, they've both got coughs, or at least the youngest had a cough first, and the oldest has got one now. Um, and we did, like, there's nothing worse than administering a COVID test to a child. Um, yep. It's bad enough doing them yourself, but. Um, like you're don't... doing that whole that whole exercise, and at the end of it, you're like, "This is completely pointless because I've got no confidence this test has actually been yeah. done properly." Aye. Anyway, aye. So yeah. I mean, she's she's been a bit coffee th- today, but uh, so that that's kind of uh, uh, classic classic kids at this time of year. We usually have somebody ill um, at Christmas time. Um, it's a common one uh, for us, uh, but yeah, aye. So I guess I guess that's the end of this this section, and we yep. move into the bulk of the. Uh, I say the bulk. This might might be shorter. Who knows? Uh, mm. The next section on a twenty twenty one retrospective. Yeah. On Blood Bowl. Yep. So, for the rookie coaches, regular coaches, regular listeners that have made it this far, good fucking luck. Well done, you. Um. For doing so, but I guess our plan here is to talk about did we have any great fears of when Blood Bowl was released, you know, with the, the updated rule set? Um, have they been realised? What surprised us? Um, you know, what what's really stood out in general um, from the year of Blood Bowl that we've, that we've seen and that we've taken part in? And I'm, I'm honestly not too sure where to start. Phil, are so you... Yeah, I think so. I I I was kind of thinking maybe along the lines of like, so I know that the major discussion points, um, and they continue to be kind of contentious to a degree are things like passing and, um, how costs of things have changed or availability of things have changed with teams, and and basically how how. Looking back on how we felt about that when we first started discussing it, so I know you weren't at uh, in that uh, discussion now yep. because you had a, a week, a month off for that. Uh, but um, Ross and I were—we both played a reasonable amount of Blood Bowl twenty twenty to get a good 
idea of what's going on now. So I think if we cover the passing side of things first, like from my side, I have passed the ball once out of 12 games. Okay. And it, it was a Nurgle team and it was a four up, three up, and I scored. That was it. That's the only time I've passed. And I I can't say I've changed my play style at all because I never used to pass before. But when I did do that pass, I wasn't sitting there going, oh my God, this is just so broken, so rubbish. It was, um, it was, there was a, a, a few more considerations to take, take on board, like, um, the the deflections and uh, interceptions sort of changes and um, so positioning was important with that again and if I fuck this up and it's wildly ac inaccurate there could be things go more awry than I want them to here so there was there was a an, a sort of guess a, a slightly higher element of risk in yep. it but did I feel like it had diminished my enjoyment of passing? No, no, I just, I don't normally pass. And here's I don't a, think the majority of people do. Here's a question for you, Phil, and forgive me if my memory is um, a bit vague, but in the Aberdeen League, you obviously gather the statistics of star player points earned, etc., etc. Has that ever broken down to successful passes? Yes, I can tell you. In fact, I can tell you how many teams are, are passing and doing stuff. Give me two ticks and I'll get that yeah. up. Because um, I have uh, lists. Good to hear uh, the statistics of it. Well, well Phil... I, I, I can't you tell go? you how many have been failed, but I can tell you how many completed passes. Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's good. Completion's fine. Um, so... Uh, okay, teams that have played... Do you need me to fill the gap with a nice story? Uh, no, not really. Um, no. Right. So, so Gordon's made one one completion. Um, the um, the halflings team has made six, uh, completions of throw team mate. That doesn't count. Um, it does. You get well. We want to throw the ball though. It's about the ball. Yeah, but you get stuck. It's the same process. You yeah, just but... add in. It's, it's exactly the same as passing, apart from the uh, the earlier parts, like really stupid and always angry. Uh, you use the passing chart. You use the passing rules. Uh, all you've got to do is land at the end of it, and you get a, com a completion for it. Um, the Amazons, Ross's team has uh, made five complete passes. Perhaps. Um, the Underworld team has made nine. Um, one of the Chaos teams has made two. Black Orcs, one of the Black Orc teams has made three. I have done zero. Other Chaos team has done zero. And the Skaven team has done seven. Yep. And the other black team or team has done none. So there's been like over the course of 
how many games have been played so far. That doesn't include the games that were just played this week, because I haven't done the, the thing for that. But yeah, there must be 30, there's 34 games recorded there. Yeah. Um, so, and there's more completions than, uh, than games, I would say. So it sounds, well, looking at that statistic, it sounds like passing's still a thing. Yeah. Yes. I would say so. Obviously, obviously, we're only talking about the successful passes here. Um, you'd want to say that there'll maybe be, what, 50% of that number in failed pass attempts? Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there'd probably be some some in there that have been that. Um, but I, I don't feel... I don't feel passing has been overly marginalised. And we don't have any um, elf teams. Um, I think people have been put off taking elf teams because of the perception that passing has been nerfed so you can no longer play elf teams. Um, But I I honestly don't think it makes a difference. Is it the perception that the passing game is done or is it the perception that it's just your basic ball handling that's done? You know, I mean, you... they can they can handle the ball equally as well as they used to. What can they all can can every elf in a team pick up in a two plus? Well, yeah, because it's an agility role. The passing's yeah. the one. The passing's the one. True, so yeah, yeah, it's the passing yeah. that's the the tougher element. So yeah, I mean, I think yeah, I I don't feel I don't feel like passing's as bad as people kind of continually seem to make out it is. It's not as good as it was because the range of players that can do it more successfully is less. But yeah. it doesn't. I, I don't think it stops people from doing it. I mean, I, I'll tell you now. Most of those, aside from the the kind of random edge cases um, of teams where people are throwing things like Gordon's team. Gordon doesn't have a, a thrower on his orc team, so his one completion was on a blitzer. Um, Ross has got um, four out of uh, um, f- four out of his five passes have been on the the thrower. Yeah. Um, yeah. All nine of the passes on the underworld team have been on the Skaven thrower. Um, and the same with the seven on the. Uh, oh, sorry. All nine of the ones on the underworld team have been at the Skaven thrower, and all and all seven have been the Skaven thrower on the Skaven team. So, like, all I'm inferring from that is people are actually making an active effort to pass with the people they're supposed to pass with. Yeah. Which is great, because it actually makes the throwers worth taking. Yeah, I was. that's what I was thinking, is the fact that previously it would be like, well, why would you bother taking a thrower? All you're getting is, you know, a free reroll on pass, but you're paying for that. But now you kind of need it. Yeah, I mean, you might get the leader caddy and sure hands, depending on the individual uh, thrower. So right. you've got you've got the odd kind of other reason to take them, but for for the most part, yeah, you're right. I mean, um, in the previous edition, there were many teams that you just wouldn't bother touching a thrower with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, I, in fact, in six games, I don't think no, I've handed the ball off once. In six games, mm-hmm. as well, I stick the ball on a player, and that, and let, judge, barring any mishaps, 
of which they're, there have been. That's who you're going to score with. They're the ones that are players. carrying over the line. Yes, I'll remember that for when I'm playing you. <laughs> and I've well, you ain't gonna pass. <laughs> I've distributed all of those across the four uh, four ghouls that I've got as well. Oh, I so. see. Yeah, okay. Um, but I mean, like, what people just seem to have created this thing, like this issue, and I, I just think it's just it's like disaster tourism. Somebody's just uh, gone like. Oh, this is ridiculous! It's shit! It's so crap! It's I I can't do what I wanted to do before. I just pick the right player, make sure they can get to the ball, make the throw as easy as possible. What's different with that than it used to be? It's just yep. that you actually might want to do it on the thrower now rather than all of your team if you're an elf team. So yeah. I, I personally don't think there's a massive problem with passing, and I would fight anybody physically. <laughs> with, a, with a knife. <laughs> with a knife. No, I'd fight them without a knife uh, over that. Uh, you're going to uh, get us kicked out of the pub. Uh, well, no, nobody's going to fight me up here. They, they know I've got previous. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I might get beaten up at the NAF champs or something like that, but who knows. Um yeah, fuck. I mean, it's just folk whinging. It's Grognard's whinging. Yep. Well, so that, that's that's my strong feeling on passing. <laughs> Have you got anything else you want to add to that, Ross? Or... No, I, I. It just hasn't really been a thing. Like it hasn't been an issue um, at all. You know, when I've needed to pass, I've passed. <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> It's like it's not been like something that I've like, holy shit, this is not going to work. I'm just not going to bother trying. It's just like you're weighing. It's the same as any other game. You're weighing up the odds. You're looking at, like you say, the player that's best to do what you want to do. Um, and I think what I've found is, um, you know, reroll management has been. I found while well, playing as Amazons, I've found that reroll management's been really, um, quite important for me in the fact that. Um, you know, like you're saying, well, you were talking about halflings is an interesting one because obviously with their throw teammate, you can stack rerolls now. Yeah. Um, so there's that element is sort of offset it slightly. So maybe you're passing in some instances is, um, uh, you know, one different in terms of a dice roll than it used to be. So therefore it's a bit worse, but theoretically, you could, if you've saved up your rerolls for that key play, you know you've got a reroll for the pass and you've got a reroll for the catch or whatever else you need to do. In I mean, fuck, if, you, if you're a halfling team and you've your master chef's gone crazy uh, and stolen all the rerolls from the other team, and you've got three or four rerolls or something like that kicking around towards the time when you're doing your throw teammate, you've got a a reroll for picking up the ball. Um. Unless you're an idiot, or all your players have been killed, you've probably taken a um, what are they called the the halfling catchers, whatever they are. Um, you've probably taken one of them, so they've got catch built in for the handoff. Mm. Um, th throwing on a three man is still pretty easy because they've got strong arm and they don't have. Um, Really, stu uh, really stupid. It's take root, which who gives a fuck at that point? 
and mm. they don't have uh, Always Hungry. Uh, so they're paying it in. And then you've got a reroll for the landing. So you just, uh, and also yeah. one for uh, a go for, a failed go for it. You know, yeah. I mean, it's. But even, even in something like in my games playing as Amazon, I've, when I've been getting to, you know, whatever, like turn six, seven of, your, of, a, of a half, and, you know, you maybe haven't used your rerolls for other things. You're like, okay, yeah, I can push this a little bit here. And uh, because you've got that extra comfort of saying, well, when I've done, uh, uh, you know, the, the pass and then the dodge and I've got to go for it to score and I'm inevitably going to roll a one <laughs> on yeah. the, to, to score, I've got that reroll that I didn't, I wouldn't have previously been able to use. So, I mean, I've um, had, um, I've, I'm pretty good at reroll management, I think, um, generally from playing like low reroll teams. But um, I've definitely fallen into the trap this edition of burning my rerolls early. Um, yeah, because I can do more than one in a turn. Yeah, you're getting overexcited. Yeah, <laughs> I'd say I, I'd say I've I've reeled that in, um, mm. but early early doors it was a a novelty I think. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, did I not the, the first? Did I not do a practice game where I'd burn all my rerolls by turn two? Yes, yes. You played me. That uh, sounds very uh, Potter. Yeah, yeah, you you'd, you'd crapped out well, all of it. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, you'd, yeah, you'd crapped out all four of them by uh, the uh, by the end of turn yeah, two. Yeah, I was yes. just excited. I just got excited. I was allowed to do it. So yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, I think I think rerolls are a, an interesting one, but I mean, I don't, I, I don't foresee that being a like. Yes, it does improve the odds of doing things like a throw teammate and stuff, but you have to be the right sort of player uh, to get that to work for you i think um yeah be- no i just had thought it was an interesting you know there was the i suppose what they've taken away in the passing they've given in the yeah opportunity to make sort of one-off plays um, a higher chance of success i suppose yeah and i mean who you're throwing to as well i mean if, as long as they've got a reasonable agility and you're not trying to throw to a fucking mummy or something like that uh then uh there's a good chance you're gonna you're gonna catch the ball too, mm. you know. Like uh, you've got you've got that reroll for catching, picking up, yeah. you know, passing, whatever. Uh, your outlets are different. I, I think yeah, passing's not passing doesn't feel as broken as people think it is. No, I don't think so. No, I haven't. Um, and I haven't I think, heard people in the the league complaining about it either. You know. No, we we've got um, we've got a, a wide range of people skill sets you know like in terms of the ability we've got tournament winners we've got international players and we've got relative noobs when it comes to that sort of stuff and i don't feel across that gamut of the spectrum of types of players like people are having a problem with passing no not at all bizarre cool bizarre in the sense that why you know when you look at tournaments, why have all the elf teams just dropped off? Because people have people have bought into the, the scared themselves the, off the scaredness of it. Uh, because everybody's like, "Oh, passing's broken; it doesn't work now. You can't uh, you can't win with elves." Now mm-hmm. that's bullshit because there are elf teams that have won tournaments. Yeah. Um. There and the only reason there's less elf teams playing is because people aren't fucking trying and going and using them. 
and I've seen, to be fair, I've seen some elf teams do really badly as well. But I mean, that could just be a bad tournament for a player or a player who's only got a pro elf team who's decided to take it to a tournament or whatever, or they're going yep. for their, and they're not comfortable with it. But yeah, I, I think if more people were playing elves, I don't think it would be as bad. I think they need, people need to just open up their, um, their kind of perception to it and just, yes, it's slightly different. Yes, it's a little bit more st streamlined towards a particular player. Play the game. You mm -hmm. can only play what's put in front of you. Play the game how it's supposed to be played now and stop fucking whining. There has been a bit of whining. I think that's probably one of the sad things I've seen over the over the year is just the you know, all those knee jerk negative responses. And it's just as, it's endless online as well. You know, yeah. like every time something changes or whatever, it's just fucking cry, cry, cry. Like, oh my team and it's not it's not limited to Blood Bowl. But I mean, it's something that used to be more prevalent in 40k and Age of Sigmar or whatever. Whenever anything changes and your team, uh, or sorry, your army uh, becomes less good than it was before, people just have an absolute bitch fit about it. Well, you know um, what's funny about that is that I think maybe for the 40k community is that they've just gotten used to it, that their game is constantly in a state of flux. No, I, I see 40k folk shit in the bed about rule changes on a regular basis. Every mm. time that uh, meta watch or uh, uh, balances go up uh, on thingy, folk are just crying their eyes out. Same with, same with Age of Sigmar. Uh, after all the new points went up for the, uh, um, the Nurgle stuff, everybody's like, oh fuck, I can't play Nurgle now. It's like, well, you can. You just have to play differently. You know, and I, I get that folks spend money on stuff, um, and uh, and they may have to rethink their army lists. But fuck, meta changes. What it would get so stale if you're just playing the same old yeah. shit over and over again. And you know something, Blood Bowl 2016 was like that because everybody had been playing LRB, whatever, and CRP, which hadn't changed much over the course of however many years and BB 2016 didn't really make much of a change on that at all so the meta was stale as fuck, it needed exactly. shaken up, and people needed to just grow up about it, that, that's all and that's what I really enjoyed seeing was the wholesale change in tournament rosters and I really liked seeing the rise of the star players um, yeah. I, can't, I can't remember, we did a podcast about star player discussion and I'm quite sure I went on a bit of a rant for about something. Um, you, you had a bit of a cry about stunty cups and stuff like that. Um, oh yeah, I was a bit over them but But I yeah, I know, definitely... I know what you mean I think having having played a tournament with star players I think I'm on the fence about it still you know, like um, I know there was the uh, the FAQ in Arata came out recently where they bumped up the price of Morg and Hackflem um, to compensate for the fact that they've just been like all over teams. They're pretty much like the standard choice of any favoured of or 
uh, Scavery style team or Underworld or Snotling team. You know, <laughs> you just like yeah. bang those mm-hmm. guys in there and you're guaranteed to be in amongst it at the end. Um, but yeah, I think it's nice to see different things for a change. You know, like the previous meta was or it's a wood elf team or it's a lizard man team or whatever. And you knew that if you if you'd taken something suboptimal and you came up against something like that, the difference was that was whether your dice were good or not. And if they weren't good and you aren't a good player, you were gonna get fucking smashed. Yeah. It's just different teams. Like like people just need to get like I say, grow up about it and just get on with it. Um I think the the star player things like it's nice to see people painting star players and getting them out on the table because you never used to see them, did you? You like in, no, in no. tournaments, there was a there was a handful of teams that you would regularly get star players in, and if you took a star player build in a Blood Bowl twenty sixteen team that wasn't like it wasn't an optimal build. It yeah, was you'd, re- you'd compromised somewhere to get a star player into your team. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was teams like Amazons where the Roxy build was a common one, you know, and stuff like that. But at the same time, you know, um, like, if you were taking humans with Griff, you really had to, like, scrimp and save to get that in there. Yeah. Um, like, so, yeah. Well, yeah, to do that, it was pretty much, it was, you know, Griff with some human linemen, that type of thing. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't a... You could still take uh, blitzers and uh, catcher, um, but you were like sacrificing all your rerolls, yeah, um, pretty much. Or you had one reroll or what have you. So yeah, I mean, you were definitely cutting to squeeze them in, and and there was a lot riding on that one player because um, if they went, your team was pretty much just a shit human team. Um, so yeah, it's nice to see that. It's nice to see star players um, not on things that aren't stunty teams. Sorry, mm. on things that aren't stunty teams, which is good. Um, yeah. I I would like to say that the from you know the perspective I've got the readdressing of points for the two star players I've mentioned, I think was a little bit premature. And my. So, Look at I it. Would, I would kind of agree with that a little bit, and I think a lot of it again comes from people crying about it on the internet. You know, like that's it's not. That's my thoughts. I what they've just it's, said. Oh, we've got to do something about this because yeah, whoever's bitching and moaning about it. whoever's been listening has just been listening to one stream of noise, so to speak. And I don't <laughs> think. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing, but at oh, the no, same I, time. Think, not, I think I agree with you. I would have let it run for a little bit longer and just yeah. see if how how other things developed around it. I, exactly. I'm not saying it was a bad thing. I'm not saying that the points are now wrong. I'm saying it just I think it was a bit premature that a little bit more information, a little bit more data gathering, uh, would have been worth doing. Um, you know, because people, you know, tournament organisers are still trying to find their feet on what's the right, you know, what's a good points level, what's a good skill package to put out to teams and um, you know the the player base is still coming to grips as we've just discussed you know they're 
shit and a chicken about passing. So they're, you know, they've they've swung the opposite way to these teams that we haven't really seen a huge amount of, you know, on the grand scheme of things. Um, so obviously there's there's overcompensation in one direction, and it, it just I don't think it has a, a, a full twelve months of, you know, a tournament package, uh, sorry, a tournament schedule to look at the the information and then. Um, and also to, to gather some information about from domestic leagues, because well, you're... yeah, that, that that that's important too because you, you you're <laughs> right about that. Yeah, it's um it's all about context because it... yeah, because flying off the handle and changing the prices based upon okay for sure maybe it's twenty four tournaments you know over North America, Australia, Europe, etc. You know, fair enough, but you know what about your average league? And you know your average city in the UK that's just you know twelve or fourteen people playing their games. Oh, well, they put the price up with this guy. Why did they do that? It's yeah. just you're not really taking into account the league play thing, you know. So you're making these players less accessible um, for a league game, whereas your your tournament your your focus on your your points balancing is all from tournament games, which is just mm. odd. Cause then it's all based yeah. upon the tournament packages that TOs are putting out. And, well, you know, that, that's one of the things that bothers me as well, is as somebody who writes tournament rules for tournaments, mm-hmm. I don't want people to be changing the costs of things while I'm trying to set, uh, to get my head around the meta. You know, like, because you, you, you start, you start kind of, yeah, well, you start kind of, gearing your rules pack down one route and then they change something in a positive or a negative way and it imbalances it again you mm. know so there's a difference between shaking up the meta and a constantly shifting meta constantly shifting meta is is not necessarily a good thing mm-hmm. shaking the, the meta up from time to time is or I, I'd say more realistically with a rule set rather than kind of uh, is the best way of doing it, rather than kind of just like fuck, change points every six months. Um, I don't. I think that works for 40k to an extent and Age of Sigmar to an extent, but I don't think it works so much for, um, for Blood Bowl. Um, Can I say something just a little bit about that? I know we're not really focused on 40k or Age of Sigmar or stuff, but if I can imagine that if I was just playing with a small group of friends like yourselves, there would be a part of me that would just say, you know what, ignore the constant updates of points and just stay with what was printed originally and play it. If you were just if you're just playing amongst friends. So the if if you didn't have any influx of players and you literally had the same group of people who were playing week in, week out, yeah, I think you could probably get away with that. Um, if you've got new people coming into a league situation um, who are brand new into the game or brand new into your game and situ- uh, sort of situational group, you know, um, I think you have to be playing uh, Oh, no, I, I agree with, and uh, I, I agree with you, I agree yeah. fully with that, because I know that when we, you know, when I was a deputy commissioner for Aberdeen and or even when I was just an active player within Aberdeen, something we always strove for was that 
we will always play the most up-to-date versions of the rules so that your average guy off the street who's just started to play is playing the same game. There's no house rules or weird variations of, you know, oh, we just ignore that. I remember quite distinctly uh, when the league was being set up that we were always of a mind that we will be playing the current rules regardless of how we personally feel about them. Yeah, there's always been a little bit of kind of common sense around that. So like some of the inducements were we we held back on in 2016 uh, to because they weren't spread quite evenly across the board. Uh, but in 2020, they've they've addressed that, and that's not a problem now uh, for us. Um, the the only other thing that we that we don't really do, and and because they're optional rules, uh, we don't really do like the marks and the uh, the stadiums and stuff like that um, mm-hmm. either. Um, more more for that that they require a degree of admin additionally that I don't think is helpful in a league situation, yeah. but. We we always say um, with that, you know, like it's a uh, commissioner's discretion for odd events here and there. You know, like we might chuck stadiums in for one event. Uh, we might do mercs. Everybody gets a merc uh, or what have you uh, for an event. We we leave ourselves that flexibility. And I think that that's okay. But I agree with you. Yeah. you know, like You kind of want to be making sure that uh, the core rules that are being played are as up to date as possible uh, with with your gaming group because if you're actively seeking new players to continue your great gaming group, they don't want to come in and be like, oh, why can't I use this star player that I I bought or yeah, why is this one more exp- less expensive in your league? Yeah. I don't. I, they, it's just an additional level of confusion that I don't think most people need. Um, yeah. I guess my original comment there was that there'll be there will be pockets of you know just small little gaming groups that just sort of decide you know what accept the original release and then just shut off all this all these constant you know changes in cost. Oh fuck! That, I mean, there's that, there's still the, there's still people refusing to play uh, Blood Bowl twenty sixteen. Never mind Blood Bowl twenty twenty. Uh, so like uh, there'll always be kind of pockets of like you said of of uh like uh legacy stuff or um like stasis stuff that's been put league, league rules that have been put in stasis i guess um yeah, yeah. and i think that, that that's okay as long as it works for your own gaming group like just fucking knock yourselves out that touches on a a, a positive for myself is that the and this you know people will obviously disagree with this opinion but I've liked the level of support that Blood Bowl's got throughout the year. Oh yeah, from Games Workshop. I mean, when they when they came out with the the Death Zone, the Ultimate Blood Bowl Companion book, I was really happy yeah. to see that. I like the level of support that they've given the rules, and I like the level of support they've given the Forge World releases. Yeah, I think I would have liked to have seen at least one other team uh, in the last year. Because mm-hmm. we didn't have, we got the um, Imperial Nobles, Black Orcs, and, ne- and Necromantic all at the same time in November last year, 2020. And then the next team release was um, the 
corn team last month. And you're I mean, yes, they put out the box, uh, the individual boxes of the Black Orc and Imperial Noble teams, and a pointless spike release of 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 that uh, of those teams as well. But I, that was a cop out. I, I think I would have liked to have seen either one of the legacy teams reworked, uh, or like a another team that they haven't released. You know, like it's. Uh, um, I think that that's my only kind of disappointment in the last year is that I don't feel the box teams, even if they'd done a refresh of a team that had been out already, like like. Set release another human team with a different sculpt, you know, like that. That would have been nice. Uh, just just putting one out, and I, I have a feeling the Forge World stuff is obviously just kind of gathered pace because they hired the lad from that used to do Windsor Chog, and yeah, it's all big guys. I mean, fuck it, take, it's taken well over a year to get a Croxagore out. Uh, yeah, which is a, which was uh, an integral part of a lizard man team. You know, <laughs> like it's uh, um, like it's stuff like that. You know, um, I like. Yeah, what there's been a the few corn. odd things like that where you've sort yeah. of said, "Oh, why is that sitting waiting for years?" <laughs> but um, I, I like what they've done with the corn release. That's great. You know, you get the yeah, uh, everything, the spike. You got the the team. You got the blood spawn. You got two star players and you got the booster that was that's brilliant you know fuck slam it all down like that and and, and let folks spend their money um the weird stuff like like um there's been two star players released or is it three now that aren't in any spikes or any rule books like um i think it's two you had creek rust gouger you yep. can only get his rules with the uh, with the miniature, and um, Barrack Farblast, who was just uh, released yesterday Saturday, or yeah. Friday rather, um, like that's great. They're nice sculpts. I like them. I think that's they're they're nice miniatures. Um, Barrack Farblast probably won't get much play, although I did use him. Uh, the the times I've taken uh, dwarves to tournaments, um, but I mean I kind of want to see stuff like it would have been great if there'd have been a like a star player release, like a star player book, like the Blood Bowl second edition one, uh, because there was a a load of star players in Blood Bowl twenty sixteen that were really fun to use. If you could get, uh, if you could work them into teams, and I think it, there some of them are missing. You know, like it's the breadth of them is, is missing. And I, I like, I understand that like they wanted to kind of get regain control of the the release schedule and maybe introduce new stuff and get get things out at their own pace. Um, and they can't do that when there's like um, thirty star players that they haven't physically released. Yeah, uh, but. Just jumping about a bit, yeah. though, have you not found when we've been playing in the league that, you know, by this point in a league when you're sort of this far into a season or um, team development, 
that you would have come across people getting enough inducements to get star players by now, but I just haven't found that people are getting the same level of inducements and therefore you're not seeing star players in the league. So, you know, you're talking about them in tournaments, but I haven't come across anyone really bringing star players. Uh, yeah. Well, you, you would have had star players um, against... Oh, no, you wouldn't because the halfling guy... Uh, that was fresh. Halfling yeah. really really badly at the start. <laughs> uh, um, I think he's kind of reined that back in a bit. But what I found with the with the TVs is that they've not gone as high as I thought they were going to go Yeah. by this point. Um, like, so there's a lot of teams have had, like, deaths. Uh, there's been a lot more deaths and uh, stat downs that have resulted in players getting fired. Um, and I think people are so much ready, uh, sorry, willing to um, fire players because I'm finding that you're earning cash much quicker um, in the league as well. So it's easier to replace those players where previously you might have hung on to a player because you're like, oh, they're quite an expensive piece to replace. And actually now you're like, well, uh, I've got money sitting. I'm, sit I'm sitting on 330k in my treasury at the moment. Yeah, which um, is pretty unusual. We'll be re yeah, we'll be redrafting at the end of the, the season, which will be at the end of this month. Uh, so that, that'll help me through that process to a degree. But um, I am on TV 1350 right now. Um, I think I found that skills are picked up quicker on some players than they, are, uh, than they used to be. I think it, that's gone back the way um, because of the the non-selected uh, MVP style of things. Yeah. Um, so that it's it kind of used to be obviously in Football 2016 where the the MVP was uh, you select three in it and then roll a D3 and uh, to determine which one got it. It's back to the effectively a D16 Random. roll. Um, mm -hmm. I hate that. Random. Yeah, uh, stupid. I do as I do as well uh, because it it's meant that um, it it has meant that teams don't gather TV as quickly because certain players don't skill up as quickly. Yeah. So that and that you're also in a team in a team management kind of thing and a TV management thing. It's actually works better, but the common people that are, that gather TV, TV sorry SPP are now back doing that. So like the people who score, like your in my team, the ghouls have got like 26, 15, uh, 11 SPP. I've got, I mean, I've got one ghoul with three skills and one with two. Um, and I, like I say, I've been spreading the, the touchdowns out between those guys. The, um, the whites have got like nine casualties between them. Um, whereas the mummies have only got five. But I hit with them less because they don't have block. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think there's <laughs> definitely there's definitely play, players and pieces where you're like it's going to be a lot harder to build that um, skilled player because you used to rely on being able to sort of put them as the MVP or put them up for it just to tip them over, and now you've got to work a bit harder to kind of get the star player points on them. I've definitely noticed that. I kind of feel like they had to do that with the way that they changed the 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 uh, uh, the way that you can their skill up for getting yeah. them. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, 
the fact that you you can now do the random uh, skill ups for less SPP as well means that you can cycle players out if you've got the money. You know, like I had a zombie who ends up with strip ball as a random. Uh, I fired him at the next available opportunity. My next zombie got block as a random. He stayed. You know, like uh, yeah. Um, like there's that, but like my my mummies, I I I sat for ages thinking I'm going to save up for block on these two, and I ended up not saving up for block on one of them because I thought like I'm I've sat with an unskilled mummy with six SPP for like two games, mm. so like I could have had guard, yeah, like and then. If you look at the the cost initially, I thought, oh, well, it's better to say to get your uh, your uh, double first. Well, maybe it is in terms of the amount of time it takes to to go, uh, to put things up, but the amount of points that you're actually saving up is the same either way. Um, it's just you get to the first one a little bit quicker. That's it. You know, I I think uh, so. I I've kind of left one with the idea of of. Hoping that I get to was it ten point uh, ten SPP or whatever for you can choose uh, yeah. for your first cho- chosen uh, secondary. Uh, one of them sit on four. You know, like I, I I'll wait until he's got to ten and give him block. Yeah, I think. Um, but... Yeah, because I I found I suppose going back to your original sort of idea of what what we're meant to be thinking about the what we were worried about. That was one of the things I was not worried about, but curious as to see how a team was going to develop with this new random skill um, generation, but also the fact that you now don't get this uh, opportunity to get these sort of freak stat boosts. And then I suppose as a result of that, ending up with these kind of bootleg star players, you know, um, and you, you yeah. we haven't seen any of those in the league, you know, whereas previously when we were playing, you'd end up, you know, the one I always hark back to is when the, the, my uh, Age 5 got a runner, that ha- uh, Age 5 Strength 3 got a runner. And, you know, yeah. very quickly that got a runner then becomes, or it was plus movement um, as well. Um, you know, this stat freak becomes like your star player that you build a team around because you can easily score with them or whatever, you know. Um, yeah, and now, now that's just not dead. happening. Um, yeah, stat, stat ups are dead on average players. You're not sink, mm-hmm. gonna sink uh, random stat ups uh, like at the SPP you, you need for that. It's just pointless, you know. Yeah, but I think exactly. trade off for that is that is that star players are now cheaper. So we, when whereas you're not creating um, your own individual star players, you're, you've got more money kicking about because you yeah. make more money at a game on average now. Um, and you've got um, like you can top things up with inducements if you're the underdog. Yeah, uh, that's true. From your treasury, and take a star player, and that is the difference. You know, it, and I he's think, actually a, a, a legit star player as opposed to yeah. you know you're like you've already got someone that's kind of like that. Yeah, I, I've definitely noted that. I mean, on certain teams, like a stat boosted player in Blood Bowl 2016. Was just a. I mean, it was an instant win. You know, like mm. if if you had like you've got a, a war dancer that's a um, 
five war dancer or something. Or if you had a a natural one turner uh, mm. where you needed just to give them the ball. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that that's pretty much uh, uh, like they've they've got the move, they've got the plus edge. Uh, all you have to do is give them. The, they've got dodge. All you have to do is give them give them the ball, and they're good two ups all the way through to the end zone. Yeah, hope your opponent doesn't roll uh, a blitz. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like the, we definitely came up against teams like that mm-hmm. in the league um, in Blood Bowl twenty sixteen. Uh, yeah, just I mean, I, well, I had play, I, I, when I, I was playing like. Skaven, I had games like that where I was playing when I was as Skaven, and it was like I could be doing just holding on for the vast majority of the game, and then you bring out your plus movement sprint sure feet gutter runner, and a one turner's easy, you know, and you've equalised yeah. on 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 uh, the the last turn. You know, your opponent doesn't even want to give you a turn at that point. Um, so no. yeah, I don't I don't miss that in terms of being up against that either. So yeah, I think that's probably yeah. I, I'm enjoying the. I'm actually I know you weren't a big fan of the random skill selection, but I've actually thought with like Amazons with cheap line men um, or women um, in terms of the random skills, I, that's actually worked out all right. Certainly earlier in the league, I found that was quite good. Um, you know, yeah, it's cool that we've we've always been we've always been quite supportive of um, random skills for linos. All right, and, and then on certain a, on certain teams, yeah, yeah, on certain teams, it's I I would I would fully support it. You know, like uh, if you've got, I mean, that's the route I'm going down with my zombies. You know, they're getting randoms. If it's a shit random, they just get fired when, and I'll replace them. Yeah, yeah well, that's you right know, because you've got more you've dude. got more yeah. cash available. It's you know, a lot less risk. Yeah. Um, so yeah other, other fears? Um, the other, well, the, it wasn't a fear, but the other thing that I'm actually quite happy with um, is the change to the kickoff events. I Ooh, think... good call. Yes, yeah, I think, um, you know, I suppose the notable ones like um, a blitz... Um, having it now is the three plus D three is, you know, you're still your opponent's still getting uh, a boost. You know, they're getting a, a, a something that they can they can make a, a sort of your your life a bit more difficult with. But it's not yeah. a complete game changer um, yeah. in that respect. That that you're like, oh great, so I was doing well until they rolled a they rolled a blitz, and now their entire team is behind my team between me and the ball. You know. So yeah. yeah, I found that I, I've enjoyed that. Other than the what is it, the officious ref or whatever it is, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where, yeah. yeah, where you know inevitably your key player gets sent off for the entire game. Um, but other than that, yeah, I think it's been good, an improvement. Yeah, that was the one that I think was going to slip my mind. I'm glad you brought it up. The, the standard charts being the kickoff table and stuff that was a good. A good adjustment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've definitely. Yeah. Th- there's not, uh, you, not really any complaints there. I think that that was th- something that needed to happen because when the kickoff event was getting to the point, but it was completely, you know, determining a game. Um, it was pretty yeah. frustrating. Oh yeah, and we've all been there on the receiving end of blitzes when you just look down and think, "Fuck." Mm-hmm. But then on the flip side, 
we've all been there when we've got the blitz and went, fuck it. And then you just yeah. bend your opponent yeah, over and shove right up them. So, no, it's good that that was balanced out. That was. Yeah. Actually, when you say that, that's probably what? the best change. Yeah, I think so. I think I, I found that you're not so gutted when, so it, like, obviously you're like, oh, blitz, but you're not like, oh, well, that's the game then. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that in terms of as far as the, 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 the good changes go, that that's probably right up there in terms of the best, one of the best ones. You know, I think uh, um, it was so soul-destroying playing against certain teams with when you got a blitz because you knew half I mean you had it happen to you at UKTCL uh when um Lycos uh was playing oh. against your Chaos Dwarves with his with his uh, Wood Elves. It went from the kickoff to where he had all of his players in his dry in his half to hit your first turn with all of his players in your half and yep. all of his uh, and you unable to get anywhere near the ball. Yeah, because uh, all he just managed to move everything, you know, dodge everything away, gone. Like just like pretty much like. Yeah, like, he made hell, he made a like, gap and then just fed his entire team through it. And I remember yeah. you, I remember you looked over and you were like, "It was the start what of the turn happened? one. <laughs> it was the, it was the end yeah. of turn one or the start of turn two, and you're just like, how? I'm like, oh, yeah. oh. I've got he's a fucking amazing player against me. Um. And all the, you know, in-game advantages are going to him. So, fuck else could you do? Yeah. Except, except that, lose that, and. Yeah, that that had a, a so much of a more, um, like, massive effect against really good players. Um, but even against a, a not a poor player, but a. Um, an an average player or a, a a lower end player, they could still completely like shift the balance of a game with that yep. uh, result. Um, well, I'm I'm sure I mentioned perfect perfect defense as well. well you know, like I yeah. had a game in Blood Bowl 2016 where I had perfect defense against me three times in the game, and like I could not get any purchase. On the other team, at all in that game, you know, because he literally, like, lucked his way into getting like all of his players like free of my, um, like smash, uh, <laughs> smashing of his team, you know. It's uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was shit, uh, and it throws your team out completely. Um, so yeah, I think yeah. um. And I quite like, and I was, I suppose, like in the same vein as that kickoff table, this the prayers to Nuffle, that's what it's called, isn't it? Yeah. And uh, the yeah, idea I'm, that... I'm less, I'm less sold on them. Yeah. I was kind of like, I'm still on the bench for that because I've not played enough games where that's had the sort of same uh, number of appearances, you know. But when it's made an appearance, it's maybe added a bit of flavour to the game. But I don't know whether it's necessary, really. I don't think it's added enough... Well, I, I... I, I felt that it was, uh, um, I felt that it was, could be ridiculous in a bad way. Like I, I've only come up against it once, 
when I was playing Gordon, and he got a prayer to Nuffle in the second half, I think. Uh, and he got stab uh, on a an orc lineman. Uh, you get a random, and, yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, well, great. Now he's got a player who didn't have block who can now just go and try and stab their way through my team. It's all right, he's already a decent bashy team and he's a good player. Right now I've got a sort of plan for a stab as well now. Brilliant. Uh, some of them are pointless. Some of them only last for a drive. Some of them, some of them are the entire game. You mm. know, it's. Uh, I just think that there's a few things on there that I think well, maybe are a bit kind of much. Is that is that Everybody... the, I get confused. Is the ref one in that? Is that the one where the ref just sends off someone for the game, or is that actually a kickoff event? I haven't got the rules in front of me. The the officious the ref thing. Um, is still on is on the the main. That's table, an actual kickoff event. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But the um, th- there's probably something ref related in the prayers to Nuffle as well. Mm, I mean, it's, it's a nice, it's a nice thing, but like it, it's kind of like you you rarely see it. Um, I think I'm you would be sure a bit more if you were much. in a if you were in a tournament setting. Um you would be a bit more like, yeah, this is a bit unbalanced at this point. You know, some of the things. Like, because yeah. it's a bit different in a league and, um, you know, obviously you want to win, but you, you know, you want to have a, a good laugh as well and see your team develop. But where it's tournament play, it's like things like that can really make or break the game. And, uh, yeah, it feels a bit too random, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, it's a weird one. I think uh, the prayers to Nuffle table because there's a, there's, there's a different one for exhibition play than there is for league play. Um, I had uh, one of my opponents got prayers to Nuffle at um, uh, Killy Bowl, I think from memory. I don't think it was very good though. But yeah, I would be pissed if I lost. Uh, uh, a tournament game because of prayers to Nuffle. Um, just feels yeah. I'm, I'm not I'm not sold on that one. I don't. It's one of the it's one of the the changes that I don't feel was a nece- necessary thing to to have. Um, although it may have worked, it may work better if it was slightly less like random. Bullshit one second, pointless the other. There's a bit more kind of middle of the road to it, because I guess in in league play, it's it's if if you're the overdog and you've spent more money, and and enough to give your opponent fifty k uh, of inducements at that point, or if you're the underdog and you're you've become the overdog and you've you've given away fifty k, then it's nice that that the underdog after that process gets like the option to have something as an inducement but yeah i think i feel it's kind of still a little bit un unbalanced i don't know i don't like it that much i think that's probably my one of my least favorite changes um as far as other stuff goes though like um I think initially I was kind of reticent with some of the changes to skills and stuff. But, you know, to be honest, I don't really 
find that being a massive problem either. No. Um, well, I like, suppose like the one the, with um, the what what is it? Uh, not wild animal now. What's it called? Animal savagery. That's the only notable savagery. one I've come across. Yeah. yeah. I mean that that's easily managed in some in some situations, I think. But I mean, obviously, the big ones like things like leap being uh, changed is is a bit of a kind of punch in the dick for wood elf teams but you know they needed it uh you know there's nothing worse than getting fucking leapt into constantly uh like every other turn uh by some wood elf players cough cough you ross um <laughs> but then uh, uh like it kind of means now that the wood elf player has actually got to pick their timing and just go for it at that particular point because it's less yeah. likely to come off, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is fine. You know, Once yeah, again, I do agree with that because it did get to the point where you're just like, well, odds are in my favour. I'll just throw them in there, yeah, and uh, yeah, watch you try to pick the ball but, up. But that's it. Um, playing lizards quite a lot, like I do. Um, you don't have sure hands. Like if you've got, if you're playing a wood elf team with strip ball. Fuck fucking hell! I mean, they're just gonna just go flying in every every opportunity, yeah. Because uh, the ball bounces in a nice direction for them. Um, there are we. They're off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like it. It's um, it's a bit. It was always a bit, um, like too constant. And this it's the same with passing with elf teams. You know, like, um, the fact that any elf team previously could. Any player in an elf team could pick up the ball and the ball would be gone like within like a couple of dice rolls. Um now you've got a plan for that. And I think now you've now having to plan to leap is better. You know, it stops it from being a constant thing and just being a, a proper targeted planned thing. So yeah, the balance is balance of some of the skills has, has shifted quite nicely and the way they interact. I don't I don't really feel like Claw and Mighty Blow stack needed to be nerfed per se, but I I'm kinda glad it, it was in retrospect. I think I'm not against that one um so much. Um I think it's interesting that the errata has kind of made much clearer that things like uh, Mighty Blow don't count when they aren't in your turn. So yeah. like if you suffer a, a both down with a big guy. Yeah, you don't get like, so say somebody's hit your hit your big guy and both players have gone down, you don't get the uh the mighty blow for your big guy on their player if it as it's not in your turn. So I like that a little bit. I think that, that makes sense to me. Like the way it works, uh, I don't think that's a bad change either. No, um, I haven't had it. I haven't really had it as be a thing in the league yet. But yeah, certainly. I think it would encourage me to do up uh, two dice up hills a bit more, knowing that mm. there's less likelihood of somebody taking my player off the pitch. I don't need much encouragement to do them. So <laughs> no, I, I know. Not now that I can use multiple rerolls. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you might yeah. not, you might not, you might suck it up if if you've got that. Because I mean, 
like even on armor seven, they've got to roll an eight. Yeah. Uh, they don't. It's not like they have to roll a a seven because they've got mighty blow now. Mm-hmm. You know, like the mighty blow is gone from the equation. Um, so it makes them a little bit more le- or a little less likely to be removed. Um, or if it's a natural armor break, they're not getting the mighty blow on the injury roll. You know, it's uh, yeah. I like I like that. Um, it's small. It's mean? small margins that are being adjusted here, and the the one th- the sort of introduction of um, being able to jump over downed players. Um, you know, anyone can do a jump. Uh, isn't something that I've seen much use of in the league. No, but I've not. I've not done any. Yeah, and is that? And I don't know if that's because nobody thinks about it because it's just never been a thing or if it's just never made sense to do it but I've done it once I think and uh, it was useful to be able to do it then but yeah I, I, I would have thought maybe people would have done it more but maybe not yeah I've never to be honest I it doesn't even cross my mind yeah so is that that's because it's just not something that you've got it's not been in the repertoire before and you're like yeah I'm not you know are you actually going I could do this but I'm not going to do it or are you just not even thinking as an option I think with that one and yeah I'm not even really thinking of it as an option you know like I mean you say it you say it's not been there before but I mean it used to back when I first started playing you could jump over players in in second edition so I mean, it Back was the there, um, but it disappeared for a reason. I just think it's a mechanic that, although it makes sense that people could jump over folk if they're light, if they're on the ground, um, I don't know how many. It's a it's a risk. It's a riskier. Yeah, we have moving across the the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there would it would have to be a last ditch thing for me to decide to do that. I think. Um, I can't think of any situations in games where I I could have done it where it might have made a difference, either. No, yeah, no, I haven't yeah. seen that. I'm not. Um, certainly, uh, so far. Yeah, I think. So I don't. I don't think skills have really changed the overall. Uh, skill changes have changed the overall dynamic of the game. You know, like there's there was some new skills that have been introduced, like like Fumbleruski and stuff like that. And I haven't seen anybody brave enough to take that as a skill yet. And um, I don't know. I think there's um, there's obviously a, a couple of other cha- changes in there. Yeah, I don't think there's anything that's kind of like really, really kind of broken the game changing to skills um no i haven't found anything like that yeah how have you found like changes to cost to players and has that affected the starting roster that you were going to take because i mean i know in our our league in the in in the league itself our league is um we've always been sort of tv 1050 um uh, I think it was made a decision that was made early on to uh, give like players access to an apo early on uh, effectively um 
which made newer easier a little bit less likely for teams to get just absolutely smashed to bits um but with the the cost increases to players in general that that's actually harder to achieve well you're playing amazons which i think they've yeah. not really had much of a much of a yeah. change really um, pretty cheap cheap players anyway yeah i'm playing undead and i don't feel that 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 that's been a massive problem for me uh but um i know i know it has like it's obviously wood elves in leagues are a bit more challenging to get a good starting roster for now well i think um, because you're looking at it as well just, in terms of get your reroll cost you know obviously you want to be buying your rerolls at the start um when they're at their cheapest um yes and yeah i suppose that maybe makes uh, I can imagine playing Wood Elves because the, the uh, War Dancers went up. Was it five thousand that they went up by something? Can't remember. Yeah, they definitely remember. went up anyway. Yeah, this is War Dancers going up. I think. Yeah, you're sort of going. Okay, what am I going to lose here? Am I going to not have catchers or something like that? So I can get these extra rerolls because, well, for me personally. Um, with the fact that you can stack your rerolls, I'm wanting as many rerolls as I can get. <laughs> yeah, I think i I would argue, I would generally aim for for three in most rosters, and unless mm-hmm. I felt comfortable playing that team, think I could get away with two. Uh, but you, yeah. you you kind of like I, in our league, we've had a situation where like like Gordon, who's an experienced player. Uh, has had so much money kicking around uh, to a point that he's he's taken a four three role on on the orc team uh, after uh, well, part way through the season. It's just because like, he can I, afford it. Yeah, I mean, I could easily do that as well. You know, like I've got, like I said, I've got three hundred thirty k sitting in the in the bank. Um, I could easy could easily buy another reroll for the undead team and sit, sit on four, but. I don't. I, I don't know if it's worth the TV. Um, yeah, yeah. Versus how? Wait. Yeah. I. I. I don't know. I don't need. I don't feel like I need four rerolls. It's. It's hard to. It's hard to tell at the moment because it does feel like certainly in the games I've played in the league so far, like that the TV of everyone has been so quite has been quite evenly balanced. You know, there doesn't seem to be anyone that's tearing away. Um, at like a super that I've played against anyway, uh, super high TV, you know. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I'm the highest at the moment. Um, at thirteen fifty. Oh no, Gordon's the highest at four fourteen five five. Yeah, with his expensive reroll. Yeah, well, it's, that's it. He's added sixty k in the last thing. You see, he was thirteen ninety before. Uh, what are you sitting on here? Uh, 1090 but your team took a bit of a whopping last couple of games they're in recovery uh, yeah um, yeah pretty much everybody else is on around the 1200 mark or 1150 there's a couple of teams who've taken beatings where the, that's been a bit problematic I tell you about 1280 yeah talking about in- inducements it's been quite good 
um, although I'm saying that there's not huge differences in team value generally, having some inducements that are maybe like they're they're much lower value. You know, you can get your um, what is it, the weather mage and stuff like that. You know, you used to was yes. it, you needed fifty k minimum um, before you could actually get anything. But if you've got a difference of sort of thirty, forty, there's something you can spend your difference on that may or may not make a difference to the game. They're, they're, I think they're quite a good little addition. Um, you know, they're not overpowered. BB 2016 brought in the um, uh, temporary cheerleaders and coaches for 20k. Uh, but there there are more... Yeah, there's more choice now. 30k, 35k, that sort of neck of the woods mm-hmm. uh, that, that are available to a wider range of teams um which is which is good you know because yeah you might have next to nothing kicking about and inducements and even something's better than nothing you know yeah so um so yeah yeah i think uh i think inducements are fine um and i think team costs have they probably needed a bit of a, a shake up a little bit uh, again, to kind of change the meta. Al, Al, you you're quite. I mean, it's difficult for you to comment on these things because you've not been playing as much, so or at all. No, I'm happy to be listening on to to gather, you know, your opinions. And as you said, yeah, I've not played, you know, a volume of games to draw a conclusion about the different, you know, tables and stuff. So, no, no, by all means, um, finish off where you're at. I think I've covered off. Most of my opinions on the good and the bad that I've seen. Um, I'm just happy that the game is still being played to the same level as it was before. You know, if you look on social media, you see the the tournament reports coming in from all over the world. Okay, you see people bitching and whining, but they're still bitching and whining because they're playing. So good. Good to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as people might flap their gums about stuff, at least at most for the most part, people are just sucking it up and getting on with it. Um, yeah. the the people who've downed their tools because uh, because of change completely uh, are probably not really kind of worth having kicking around in a hobby anyway if if they're that um, temperamental okay. about it. Uh, but yeah, I think um, I think that's probably about we've probably about covered everything. Yeah, side of things. I think so. I mean, the only thing beyond that would be picking out like specific skills that you've seen that you liked. Yeah. I personally like. I think projectile vomit ace. I've not had a team yeah, with it on trolls. it, but I like it. Yeah, but I like the. I don't know the thematic idea of like <laughs> just like a troll vomiting on someone, uh, and that taking them out of the game for a bit. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy that. Um, and the other yeah. one that I thought was interesting was um, Brawler. Having played against Black Orcs a couple of times, it's been an interesting skill to see how people are um, working with that skill because it's a sort of... Yeah. It's a bit of a... I don't know what the... What, it's like it, it tempts you into doing things thinking you've got this safety net of... Of a, of a skill there you know but um, you can still make a duff roll and end up on your arse um, 
because it's not as good as block, you know. Um, yeah, so, and I, think, yeah. I think the Black Orcs uh, on that team definitely need to have a decent amount of block kicking around as well as they develop because um, yeah, brawl, brawler is useful, uh, but it's not a it's not a complete safety net, you know. You can't no, you can't. But... Yeah, you can't rely on it. I think. So that gives you that sensation that you could, you know. Yeah. I've played both the Black Orc teams in our league as well. And, um, yeah, I felt that there was a couple of times folk rode rode their luck on that one. But there there was also a couple of times that they got found out where, like, they had a skull and and a both down. They they re-rolled the both down with brawler and it went straight into another skull or another both down mm. uh, and they kind of not planned their turn with that maybe being a, I, like, a possible outcome um, yeah I'd, I'd experience the same where you've got this <clears> perception <throat> that you're like oh well the, effectively brawler's giving me a free reroll on the block but it's not really because it's only if you roll the both down um, yeah. so that um, yeah, definitely uh, played to my advantage at, at some points where they had maybe not calculated, oh, actually, I should have probably just re-rolled the entire block and used a re-roll for that. Um, yeah, the fact you can't use it for a blitz as well as uh, sometimes folk forget that aspect. Um, I've had, had the, at least one of the two Blackheart players has forgotten that uh, when they've been planning what they were doing, but yeah, I, I think uh, Brawler's an interesting one. I think if there's any other skills that are kicking about where I, I've kind of thought... Oh, no, off the top of my head, I've thought, oh yeah, that's a really good skill to have added to the game, you know, that uh, adds a bit of flavour to it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anything... With all that being yeah. said and done then, you know, I get the impression that overall we're quite positive about what, what's happened this year. Have you guys got any sort of hopes and wants for the coming year, for 2022? I, I mm. want to see a couple of the legacy teams dealt with. You know, like, there's four of the teams that are there, like, they're all teams that people, <laughs> excuse me, that people are interested in playing. You know, like, Amazons were a fairly popular team. Um, High Elves... Yeah, they they could probably do with a, a rework. Um, Chaos Dwarves as well, Camry. You know, it's uh, I'd like to see at least at least two of them get done next year. How about yourself, Ross? Um, I just want to be able to play more games. <laughs> yeah, in terms of like that too. Yeah, I think. I'm going to stick with the Amazons for a bit longer. And then, yeah, we're, you know, working towards getting back to tournaments and stuff. I know you, you've you obviously, uh, Phil, managed to get some tournament play in, but I haven't got um, um, anything back in yet. We've obviously got uh, UKTC and NAF uh, and everything next year. So getting back into yeah. tournament play, that's a big thing for me. Um, and figuring out uh, what team I want to kind of take to those because uh, I've just not really nailed that down yet. 
Are you going to NAF, yeah. uh, Al, in 2022? No. No. No, no, no. Yeah. no, no. yeah. Not, uh, Al's, uh, you're away for uh, the bolt action thing for uh, around about NAF time, aren't you? Yeah. This is, I'm, sure this, anyway. I'm sure it's the same weekend, like it's on the 3rd or 4th of May or something, or the 13th, 14th of May. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is so no longer they... a bank holiday because they fucking changed the uh, May Day holiday to compensate for the some bullshit Queen related uh, holiday. It's been moved, May Day has been moved into uh, to June now. <laughs> so. Folk will need to bear that off, uh, bear that in mind with the Monday off for the. Uh, I actually, book it off. Um, yeah, actually, book it off. Uh, we're all on the same team for UKTC, aren't we? Because uh, Ross has been uh, selected uh, for the uh, two guys, one dice clip, cup team. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, that's right. And um, Huntley Loon will be on the same team as well. We're, yep. we're redoing the. Uh, I'll the just original. get. I'll get tell what team I'm playing. Um, <laughs> a pro- good probably, one. Uh, a good one. I don't know yeah. if I've got any of them. <laughs> uh, we will find you a team. <laughs> we'll make sure you've got a team that you can play. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll work that out as a team. We need to start thinking about that. I think uh, once we've had a couple of tournaments and stuff. But yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that'll be interesting. And what about you, Al? What are you? Uh, looking forward to next year for Blizzard. I would just like to see at least four releases from Games Workshop of teams, classic box sets, be they legacy teams or um, you know updates on current teams that they've got, which would be good to so once per one per quarter, and um, if they can just maintain the FAQ and errata schedule that they've got, they've promised once every six months. Is that correct? Yeah, it's something like that. Um, yeah, I think I don't, you just... I don't think they'll go. I don't think they'll go back to the the what the quarterly release of teams. I think they're trying to stagger that in favour of getting like star players out and stuff. Um, well, even if you if you went two, two teams next year, if you got as you say, then if you got the two teams like how they release the corn team, you know. The team booster, star players, everything that sort of revolve around it, you know, alternate. So you do a, a team release, then a you know a good release of a couple of star players backed up by a spike. Actually, that that would be nice to see. Some sort of star player compendium, volume one, would be good. Yeah, yeah. Just to expand yeah, upon that, and I think uh, it was just a general rant at Games Workshop, but. Um, yeah, yeah. I was gonna go run, going around. Fuck it, edit it out. It's pish. I'm just. I've had a lot to drink now, so. Oh, I you know. Guys, well, you you I, guys have been talking a lot, and I've been drinking a lot in the background. Oh, it's, I've been drinking whilst talking. Rant away. The, all, rant, the, all the, the rant, the rant, the rant was more focused around that sort of freedoms of creation in terms of converting. Yeah, that, I mean, if you were like on a true wish list, you know, like with Necromunda, it's really cool that they release all of these, like, well, originally it was Forge World and then it's gone to plastics in terms of weapons and add-ons and stuff. Yeah. You know, you used to get in Blood Bowl um, back in um, previous versions, you could get like a Chaos Mutations 
add-on packs and stuff like that. You know, those kinds of things would be awesome. Like if you could yeah, get, I would, like, I would love to have seen that. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing where it's like, like here's alternative heads and hands and arms and stuff. So you can, it's great. You can buy your sort of plastic team kit for whatever it is, twenty, twenty-five quid, and get your team. But then if you want to make it a bit more custom and you're not quite uh, at the level of converting to go and buy other kits and cut them up, here's some uh, easy ways to sort of make your team unique to you. Um, you know, yeah. spike spikes and tentacles and alternative heads, all of that sort of stuff. That would be amazing, and people would lap that kind of so stuff up. There's some easy stuff, easy wins there. But I mean, they tried that and they fucked it up in the in the last edition, where they had the Auckland Raiders and uh, Bright Crusaders uh, kits uh, yeah. for uh, for humans and orcs. But what they they did was. They they were only selling them with 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 the team, so you had to yeah. buy the team. So if you had already had an orc team, and you just wanted to have a few different shoulder pads, yeah, you're spending you, another thirty odd quid. Team, mm-hmm. You had to buy the whole fucking thing again, mm-hmm. uh, and then have a team kicking about. Oh, it, it 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 was a bad way of doing it. They'd have been better going down the route that they went with Necromunda, like you said. You said where. Um, you could buy a heads pack or a um and like like you say a, a chaos mutations pack for um converting like a chaos renegade team like that's an easy one to convert the amount of conversions i've done using the Reneg- uh, the human lineman model mm. uh, in the past uh <laughs> past couple of years you know like several of my um nurgle Rotters are converted from that that base model, um, so it's just uh, I think it's it's lack of kind of supporting the kind of like Al said the more creative element of the hobby. Um, yeah, the, the, but they're I, but, trick there, I think. But do you wonder if that's because like you can make all of these very dynamic um, models? so quickly and easily you know games workshop themselves in terms of 3d modeling and all the rest of it that you end up with these because i i found that when you get these very dynamic looking but very monopose models that are are very difficult to convert so yeah the linemen are great if it's a sort of simple pose that they're in but when you get like the, the gutter runners that are in a very distinct pose or um yeah, I think you know I think some of them. Few, you're like, how do, how do you know convert that? that? Would be difficult. Yeah. yeah, there's a few that would be difficult to convert. But I mean, I I'm fairly sure I could find find a way to to make that work. Yeah, I suppose like whereas with Necromunda, they started with all of that plan at the very beginning. You know, it's like these have been designed so that you can make them unique to however you want them to be. Whereas the Blood Bowl teams are very much like this is just how that model looks. End. And and Necromunda's like you say built around that in terms of the gameplay as well because you yeah. are very much designing like the weapons that your team are or your gang are carrying. It's less like that with it's more more of an aesthetic thing only with Blood Bowl. And I guess Games Workshop's argument will be, and I think it's reasonably valid uh, to an extent, is. We've got fucking tons of kits for yeah. Age of Sigmar and whatever. Like, just go buy nuts. them. Get bash stuff out of them. 
and the, mm. that, that that that's fine. You know, I do that. You know, um, my flint churn blade is a um, Warhammer Underworlds model with an orc chainsaw um, attached to it. You know, like that. that so it's a forty k orc orc chainsaw attached to it. You know, like and. There's other things like um, the lewd grip whip arm that I, I converted has got a demonette head, a um, chaos spawn tentacle, and it's the human thrower from the, the the human team as the base for it. So I mean, like most people who who GW hobby have got a bits box. And you're you're lucky if you've got it. That's for, true. I'm um, just lazy. I just want I just want it handed to me as a easy uh, kit yeah. of parts. I think, but I think I I agree with you. I I would I would like that as well. You know, just just from a kind of making it easier kind of point of view. Golf themed bits things would be nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, especially things like shoulder pads and helmet, different helmet and yeah. helmet heads and and hands. Helmet and head and well, like I know that. like how and, when I was yeah. When I was doing my Amazon team, like to find like shoulder pads and um, hands, appropriate hands and stuff like that, that aren't holding a gun. Um, that's when you start going, oh yeah, it's actually quite difficult. Um, yeah, absolutely. Right. Okay. Well, cool. yeah, I think that's, pr that's pretty much us at the end there, you know, like, it leaves us with a kind of final uh, section of uh, what is our hobby uh, goals for next time round. Um, mine are pretty straightforward. I'm just going to keep chucking in things to paint at the moment and try and get like the redraft done for the Aberdeen League fairly painlessly. Oh, yeah. what, what about you, Al? What are you you hoping to get done? Oh, I'm just going to try and finish off the little painting backlog before the the Soviet horde um, starts getting constructed. Uh, and I'll also try and pick and off at least one unit of some sort of a Song of Ice and Fire stuff just to get myself into that. And, and what are you hoping to get uh, done between now and December 2022? Uh, <laughs> 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 we invite you on next. Yeah. Well, no, uh, what, we, what are you planning on doing next month? Oh, for me, I definitely want month. to. Yeah. I, well, I'm wanting to finish the terrain from the Kill Team box set, and then that'll be an actual entire box set painted, which is uh, a yeah. bit of an achievement. Rare. Yeah, a rare, a rarely uh, experienced thing. And then, uh, obviously, Dungeon Bowl as well. I want to get that at least um, opened up, painted up, and, and get a game in. To see what it's like. I, um, I'll I'll happily have a game of Dungeon Bowl with you at some point. In the yeah, definitely. I'm definitely up for that. Um, and uh, yeah, and the same as Al, uh, Song of Ice and Fire. I've got my I've got all the Baratheon army sorted, so I need to start painting that up as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Swords and shields. Mm -hmm. You need to yeah, get so some of that. You need to get some of that film. <laughs> no, nah, I, 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 I know you guys are waxing lyrical about it at the moment. I know a couple of other people that play it, like um, Ryan Odlin up here plays it, and I think um, I know uh, Jay Bone from uh, Double Skulls does as well. But I, I don't think I'm going to be 
Um, I don't think I'm going to be heading down that route myself. I don't think. You're lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sad times. Spin-off podcast. You've just <laughs> missed the ball. Yeah. A, a song of shite and, and fire. That's <laughs> bolt action. Oh, wow. uh, no, bolt action That's doesn't get action. a spin-off. No. Bolt action doesn't get a spin-off. It just stays on the main podcast whenever I dribble on about it. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll quite happily listen to you talking about it. Uh, um, I'd rather hear... I'd probably rather hear about that than bolt action. <laughs> to be honest uh, but at the same time uh, like happy to hear about any any of the hobby that we're doing as yeah, well I don't I don't think uh, I mean we're, I don't think we'll have got a game in in that Song of, Night, a song of Ice and Fire anytime soon like but, um, should we just pull the pin on, should we just pull the pin on this podcast now that I've been insulted enough at the end <laughs> you can go and start yeah. recording your Bolt Action podcast yeah on your I'm yeah. going solo. <laughs> <laughs> with, with with your one listener. Breaking up oh, the band. No, I am sure I'm sure it'll be fine. Um yeah, so that, that's us at the end. We're we're wrapping up cool. now. Yeah. Um well, that's that's it for I'll, I'll yeah, I'll normally says something profound now. Yeah, well this is it. We're um saying goodbye to two thousand twenty one and hopefully we'll um have a brighter, more game filled uh twenty 22 but fuck knows but if everybody can just go and get everybody can go and get vaccinated and get a booster vaccination and stop fucking licking each other that would be amazing goodbye i've got my own tuesday Tuesday. yes goodbye and have a good christmas and new year we'll see you in january cunts yeah Yeah. thank you fuck off fuck off and have a merry christmas etc etc where everybody does fuck off for Christmas. Um, Blood Bowl Grud got in touch with us. Um, he's a gent more commonly known as Ed um, to ask us to get involved with a charity uh, thing he's doing. He's recorded a couple of Christmassy Blood Bowl songs. So we've contributed to that. But I mean, he also was involved in the previous um, sort of Blood Bowl themed um, albums that were released. Uh, in conjunction with um, anything but a one, so Alex there, and I think uh, a couple of other people from the community. So I'll pop those links in the um, description of the podcast here, and it's, it'd be great if folk could give them a, a sort of look or listen. And uh, if you are inclined to drop some money in the direction of the charities as a result, um, because you like the the comedy material. Or you just want to give money to charity and aren't interested in the uh, uh, the singing, uh, then just fucking crack on. Um, so yeah, that's us. Cheers. Cheers.